All right. Hello. Can we can we hear ourselves? I Oh my goodness. I hear myself. What the heck is this? So that's good. What is this? All right. Can we give me just a hot second? Bro, that was a professional ass fade. Let out. me let me get okay. it. <laughs> my man. Tried very hard on that. All right. Cool. Oh, so Holy shit. Damn, bro. Yo, let's get a quick cheers. Cheers, John. Oh. Oh, what are you drinking? A gin and tonic. Oh. Episode four. So I think we actually want to speak to spiritually four. What what what, what happened? <laughs> it's actually four. episode three, but something happened. In episode the OG episode three. Well, Which, first off, hello, welcome guys. This is hello. The, what's the hype podcast? Episode three. So um, sure. thanks for stopping on by. We are doing this one live from Twitch, recording. Uh, we got some new equipment. We got some new ambitions. Uh, we figured. Streaming while we're recording this would be a really good idea and really fun because now you guys can interact with us in Twitch chat. So here we are. Robert yelled at me before we were getting this stuff started because apparently ubiquity is a very, very important aesthetic to a stream. And I'm holding my mic right now. He has fine ubiquity, please. Different mic. He's Robert holding <laughs> it. That just seems like so much. He always work. has like some big word that he has to bring in. There needs to be. Well, what was the first days? Um, progenitor. Progenitor. Episode. Progenitor. That's episode. right. That's Absolutely. what I was like. What the fuck is progenitor? I don't know. Sorry, guys. Okay. Well, anyways, this is super exciting. I actually feel we've taken a huge step on just the next part of the journey for this podcast. Oh, for sure. Um, well, what the fuck are we talking about today? Well, first of all, we should announce that we're on all major streaming platforms. We yes. are. Spotify. This is business. Thanks Bus- to this man. Apple mm-hmm. Podcast, Google Podcast. So um, if you guys just want to listen and not watch, you can do that too. Anchor sure. FM. Check us out on Anchor FM. It's Anchor oh. FM slash What's the Hype Podcast? Mm. Question mark. Yep. Um, yeah, we sound great too. We do. It is awesome. It, it just sounds so much more like professional. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Exciting yeah. times. But yes, so the the podcast is live on all streaming platforms. We the first are, two episodes. First two episodes. Yes. Yeah. This one will be the next one. Do we want to talk about the third episode? What happened? Uh, I mean. I guess it's part of the business. It's a fatality. It's a business business thing. So we got some new equipment. We got, um, we've been running the podcast through uh, USB, which is. It was audio. just jank. And uh, explain it, audio guy. Explain what happened. Yeah, input signal got recorded oddly just because we were running off of drivers. And now we're doing it a little bit more, you know, all in one. We got, you know, this roadcaster has like preamps and headphone amps and all these different things. And I think it works perfectly for our workflow. So, so we have. Fancy thing that we plug mics into, and now we don't have to worry about audio. We got audio a new mic audio. over here for you both. Um, we'll get you a mic stand. <laughs> I'm fine with this mic. I'm fine with looking like this. I'm not sure. It's natural to you. Yeah. This... The, the, one of the memes for the podcast is just going to be like <laughs> Ryan's mic is going to be p- propped up a different way every single episode. So he's like, he's holding it. He has like over his shoulder. I want to get one of those mics from like the 50s, like the 50s rocker mics. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Vega? Like the silver one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, also, there's like there's something that I kind of feel like we should address. We kind of like call ourselves, at least, you know, Orange Shirt and I have addressed ourselves probably three or four <laughs> different ways. So that's proper introductions. Okay, so my name is Ryan, mm-hmm. but a lot of people know me as Vincent. And a lot of people know me as Matante. I have a DJ stuff that I like to do called Kagayen. And then I also have like my normal Twitch handle, which I actually took up streaming again. We'll see how that goes. My man. Uh, being Vincent. So... If you have any, if you hear any of those names, just know that we're referring to me. Um, and then I guess you do you want to do one too, or so obviously, um, uh, not obviously, sorry, Robert Campos. That's who I am. And then my handle on socials is RC Lightning. So we need to get a. Um, uh, I forgot to mention this to you, but 
a piece of artwork like when we're actually streaming that has like instagram oh. and then this oh then yeah, Twitter. yeah see you know like it has like all the handles mm-hmm. and then we also need to put that in the bio just gotta write but it down. let's mm-hmm. let's i'm actually excited for this episode because i'm a very festive person mm-hmm. um i'm sure you guys can see from like the decor that we have um we have a little bat up there too um i also have like this spooky uh, pumpkin spider or cider scent uh from one of my favorite candle stores going on right now so we're, I'm, I'm all in right now right mm-hmm. and for this episode um I feel like it'd be a really great opportunity to talk about you know just like some spooky games that have come up and some stuff that's going to be coming out there's one game in particular that i wanted to bring up um and then i just do we really need to keep it just strictly video games or can we just talk about spooky stuff regardless because about media it's fine because um they just released the trailer for scream which is uh i want to say it was from 2000 the first one came out i'm not sure jamie look it up you know what vega look it up let me, let me get the sound bite. Let me get the sound bite. Oh, the hold on, hold on. The, the, the. There we go. Every oh, time, every time we want something looked up, we're gonna post that. But yeah, so I guess like just just to switch things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you like uh, spooky movies or anything like that. I have gotten into spooky movies more on the back end of my life, but unfortunately, a lot of these like staple horror films that came out in our childhood, um, I have not had the pleasure of watching. Well, they're so. rated R too, I think. Mm-hmm. And like I think- what? Like what? Like everything. Child's Play fucked me up as a kid. I Ooh, think, Chucky? Yeah. yeah. Dude, just the trailer for that shit, like, yeah. permanently scarred me. Yeah, that shit fucked me up as a kid. Mm-hmm. I, there was something that, it was either you or Gene was talking about at, um, when we were at the Halloween store mm-hmm. last week or something. Well, it might have been Gene. Oh, not... well, it was uh, in Beetlejuice, the scene. Oh, oh no, yeah, you. It, the scene in the Beetlejuice movie from the 90s where he turns into the snake and he's, like, slithering up the stairs, like... I remember being a kid and like it was on AMC at like three in the morning and I stole it. Firstly, why are you up that late as a child? I, because that's just what happens. You're why a kid and it's just like I could be awake watching TV right now. Mm-hmm. And I stole the remote from my TV from my mom because I slipped out. Mom, campus, if you're hearing this. Whoops, sorry, mom. Anyway, I turn on Beetlejuice is on and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And I'm watching the movie and the whole time I'm just like, what the fuck is this? I turn it off, go under the covers, but then I'd be like, I want to keep watching. And then I turn it back on. <laughs> and then the, the fucking on my like 10 inch TV that was like, uh, like fucking 10 feet away from me, I saw that snake skin and I just remember being like horrified in my bed, just like, what am I watching right now? <laughs> Wasn't Beetlejuice on like Nickelodeon or something? Wasn't it? I feel like it was. That, that's how I knew of Beetlejuice. There was an know. animated show that was more kid friendly. I, I rem- yeah, that's that that's what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was on Nickelodeon. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. So uh, if some of you guys saw, there's a new. I feel like this is just like the trend now for everything. They're just rebooting shit from like the mid '90s and oh, like isn't later. Um, isn't there another Michael Myers movie coming out? Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. There's another one coming out, and it yeah. actually has like I forget what her name is. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Yeah. In there as well. Yeah, so she's like reprising her role in that. And I believe Courtney Cox was in the original Scream. Yes. I could be wrong. That's the chick from Friends. Yes, Yes. Monica. That's her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it's cool that they're like reprising the roles, but I have a feeling that it's going to be something similar to how like Disney fucked up Star Wars um, and how they just like brought back the characters and just killed them off because why not? Um, But I mean, I'm not like a scary movie aficionado, Mm -hmm. but I, I do recognize. The, I don't know if patterns are the correct word to use, but the formula they use to make scary content, mm-hmm. I guess. For right? sure. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of cool that they're bringing that out. Am I going to go see it? Fuck no. I've never, 
I don't think I've ever seen a scary movie like in the theaters because like I just don't find fun in that, right? Um, like so we're based in Orlando and there's this thing called Halloween Horror Nights. I'm sure a lot of you folks have heard of it. I've been to it multiple times. I don't know what the appeal is. I I think it's a horrible time every time you go, and uh, I mean. I feel like okay with me. I've been to Halloween Horror Nights a couple of times with my family. Shout out my family. We used to go every year. Like it's horrifying for my cousin's birthday. Um, and honestly, you're right. Not waiting in those long ass lines for like two hours. That's just the to worst go through, part. Like, I actually want to be yeah, clear the lines about are pretty this because right now in Florida, I know like pretty much everywhere else up north, it's starting to come. You know, get cool. I was looking at the weather for I think Philly just because I've been following the Ben Simmons shit. And it's just like, hey, it's 70 degrees out. Do you know how phenomenal that would feel right now? Oh, dude, when I was in San Francisco the other week, it was like perfect. Yeah, my girlfriend was, was just in San Francisco. She loved it. Oh, it was beautiful weather. Yeah, it's like, what, 65 during the day, 75 during the day, but no humidity. Here it's uh-huh. disgusting. It's just a wet oven here. Mm-hmm. And Vega can talk about like what the lines are, are like there. And it's, it's just asinine because it's, what, 60 to... 120 minutes just for one of them. Yo, shout out Steeler 772 in the chat. He's uh saying it's oh, a great shit. time, Ryan. Uh, that caddy? I think that's Ryan Caddy. Who's that? Uh, it's one of my buddies from uh, elementary school. Um, Ryan Caddy, what's going on? Shout out you. What if it's not him and it's someone? No, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Steeler 772. 772 is the aerial code from where I'm from. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay. okay. So I think, I think that's what it is. But you actually met him uh, one time when you were in Vero, when you were vomiting. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to add that in. Uh. So, but yeah, Ryan. Actually, if you're if you're actually in the chat, yes, sir, it's him. Did we uh, did we never have our ten year high school reunion? I was kind of expecting <sighs> we would have hear something about that, and we just didn't. Did it happen over quarantine? Is that? I don't know. That's actually a good question. When did you was your graduating year? 2011. Uh, maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, and well, Vero Beach is also like a very gung ho kind of place, so they don't really give a fuck about yeah, masks. Okay. So there, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Are, are all the audio good on the stream? Like, we're all coming through, like... Sound quality is great, so, uh, he said. I'd, uh... oh, dude, this is phenomenal. Yes. It, okay. It's great to have that feeling of it just works the mm-hmm. first try. Because I'm used to just finicking with it. Like I said, mm-hmm. there is so much collective knowledge happen- occurring Robert right does know a lot about show. it, too. You two, all three of us have a lot of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. But mm-hmm. this is probably, like, the best purchase that we have. Um, but so, anyways... I forgot. Uh, I was talking about Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, scary movie. I want to talk about something. <laughs> he said they had it on the 8th and like 13 people showed up. Oh my God, really? He wasn't there for it. Ew. <laughs> Damn, I, I didn't even hear about it. Damn, bro. Well, oh, well. Anyways, you said you wanted to talk about something. So uh, at work, someone had brought up this like French indie film that's in theaters right now called Titan? 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 Titan. Titani or whatever. It's Titan, but with an E at the end. And it's in theaters right now. It's a French production film, uh, indie horror. All right, and, so it has to be fucking in it. Um, yeah. Uh, Isn't that what the French are known for? I spoiled it for myself. I read the plot on Wikipedia. Um, if you're so what's watching, the point of going? Well, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just again watching the movies doesn't appeal to me, but like the plot of them is just from what he described to me. He opens it up with it's about a girl having sex with a car, and it just goes downhill from there. And then what's what's that pitch meeting gonna be like, ah, bro? I want to make a movie about sharks and tornadoes. <laughs> I want to make a movie about a girl fucking a car, bro. You got enough clout, you know? Somewhere, I mean, money talks. It's, I guess. it's one of those things where should we do it? Ryan, it's it's I, not a fact that can you, we do it. We have enough rapport with each other that if you came to me and was like, "I want to make a movie about sharks and tornadoes," <laughs> I'd at least hear you out. <laughs> <laughs> but you would also I, I i assume that you would also have enough respect for me to be like 
Ryan, that's fucking stupid. I mean, Let's, if you sold it to me right, I don't know. But there's also a a, a demographic for like those types of films, oh, right? For sure. Like, like there's shit. people that just want mm-hmm. to watch shitty films for like, the fact that it's shitty. Sci-fi, <laughs> sci-fi channel, fucking. Oh man, what's uh, that really daytime shitty? Daytime horror films. Spooky, but um, the Tommy Wiseau one, uh, uh, The Room. Is that a? Have you ever seen that? Is that a horror movie? It's not a horror movie. That's what I literally just said. It's oh, not a spooky heard, movie. Heard, heard. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, Scream's coming out. So that's pretty cool. Hold up, Titan. You got to see this stuff. It's intense. I, I'm not sure how that relates to like spooky stuff, but it's I think it'd be because it's, it's in theaters the right now. A girl. Okay. So here's the thing. I'll, minor spoilers. If you want to actually watch this movie or have heard of it, then I mute this part of the podcast. But anyway, <laughs> this chick gets into a car accident when she's younger, gets a titanium plate put into her head and gets some sort of weird fixation with cars. And then she becomes like a car model later on in life. And she's like a, murderer and she has the car's a demon and they have sex and there's a demon baby in her and she starts to like morph into like this motor it's super fucked up and like i feel like these guys were just like let's hit a bump of coke here's the thing what you got and then this there are soup there are things that are like incredibly graphic that occur and like i'm sure everything how graphic very graphic like too graphic for twitch yes oh my god yes like what like i don't want to i don't don't know how much more do you really think people are going to watch this? All right, fuck it. So she gives herself an abortion because she, she's pregnant with a demon car baby and mm-hmm. she tries to cut herself and just fucking claw it out. Doesn't work. And this is not an Asian film? No, this, this is a French Asian. film. This is a French horror film. So okay, a French I, horror film. Maybe they can get away with putting more. He, anyway, so. he's describing to this shit to me mid shift. I'm trying to make cocktails and stuff. Was that last night when you guys were getting bodied? No, no, no. This was three nights ago, but I was just like, what the fuck is this movie? Anyway, if you want to. Watch a movie and just get completely mind fucked. Go watch Titan or Titani okay. or whatever the fuck <laughs> it's called. <coughs> Vicky, you got any movie recommendations? Yeah. What, what do you? What about you? Any spoopy movies? Um, one of my favorite all-time scary movies of all time. I don't know if it's scary, more thrillerish. Is Blair Witch Project? Oh, for sure, classic. Okay, but see, that's that shit is no. I'm I'm thinking of the John Proctor witch trials and Abigail Williams. It was filmed right here at UCF. They used the woods around UCF to film the movie. The Blair Witch Project? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blair what's, Witch that, Project? what's that movie I'm pretty about? sure. The OG Blair Witch Project. It was one of the first films to be filmed in the Yeah, it was like a, docu- a mockumentary style um, about the Blair Witch trials and they go out into like the the woods to try and like find evidence and they get messed with. And Dude, what a time to be alive. I'm pretty sure it was filmed on UCF ground. Holy shit, that's actually going to blow my mind. I actually Look never that up, Jamie. Could you imagine, no, could you imagine if you were alive hit it hit it, hit it. there we go <laughs> could you imagine if you were alive during that time like when uh they were hunting witches and shit oh i mean a horrible time to be a woman jesus oh my god yeah. I, mean, I feel like that's just that's just the case yeah right yeah no it's it was fucked up. but but imagine just you somehow run into like some kind of odd like spirit science experiment that you're doing mm-hmm. like have you ever seen the thing where the, uh they have I, I forgot how you set it up but i remember seeing it in my physics class in high school maryland it was filmed, filmed in Maryland. Maryland. God, okay, well, I don't know what it was filmed at UCF. I mean, I'm just, I'm very gullible. Let's just, <laughs> whoops. Uh, but just like living back then, it it would suck if you just had any like marvel of technology, right? Like imagine if they just had like a an iPhone or something back then, and you showed it to someone, and you'd be like, "Look, this could make our life so much better." And they'd be like, "Well, you're a witch." We're yeah, you're a mistake. fucking witch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't do that. And then it'd be like, I remember what was it? They would, um, they would like, uh, they would chain something heavy to their feet, and this is this is turning a graphic term, but they would chain something heavy to their feet and throw them in the lake, and it'd be like, oh well, if she if can escape, if she can escape, she's a witch. But if not, and oh, like, whoops, and they never, they <laughs> and they never escaped, whoops. and you don't think at some point someone would be like, hey, you know, 
it's it's we're like ten for ten here, where we're just like drowning. <laughs> <laughs> we're ten for ten, and here. like they're never a witch. But you the know? thing is, though, back then, specifically with the Abigail Williams and the John Proctor stuff. Oh God. The whole thing that she did, I could be misquoting this like completely too, but just based off of what I remember, I'm pretty sure she was just acting like, oh my God, John Proctor's wife is a witch and she coerced me to do all this stuff. And because back then, that's like the 16, 1700s. And it's just like, well, how do we prove it? Burner. If she burns for real, then she's okay. She's innocent, but <laughs> she burns for real. Otherwise, she's a witch. And you don't think at some point after burning like, like tens or hundreds of people, Dude, people in a row. People were wilding back then. I mean, that's true. I'm glad, like, I'm not alive during those times. And now, hey, we can go to we can go to the theater and watch spoopy movies and talk. We can about we it can watch a car f- or a girl fuck a car. Yeah, there you go. What <laughs> a time to be alive. Thought? What's the hype behind? What is it? Titan. 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 It's a it's French for titanium. It could be fine. Okay, but anyways, we're a little off topic, but this is like good conversation. I'm having a really good time right now. For sure. All right, games. Okay, go. So actually, a game that I want to talk about. Um, I was watching something on my feed when I was waiting for something at my shift. And I'm sure a lot of folks have seen these Thomas the Tank Engine memes where it's like, he's like a horror thing or something like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are really creepy just because I feel like that art style is sort of, it's kind of portrayed as like spooky stuff anyways. Because you think of movies like Child's Play, it's just like a doll and has like that plasticky look. Yeah, you take something from like your childhood and you like horrify it up. Yeah, yeah. and like it speaks demonize to something. It, yeah, yeah really. demonize it. But so this game is called uh, I want to say it's Choo Choo Charles. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but but anyways, this specifically is about a game where this demon spider train is chasing you in an open world, and your objective is to go around the open world, talk to, you know, NPCs or like people of the village and you can upgrade your train and everything. It's a really horrifying game. I'm pretty sure it's made by a really small studio. What is this thumbnail? Two star games. Is what it's called. Yeah. Two star games. It, it looks really, really cool. Mm-hmm. See this? Yeah. I, I think oh, I, I think yeah, I showed you this trailer. Him. No, I saw the trailer. Yes. It's, it's really cool. So there's a, a map. Uh, for the world and the in the world, there's a train track. Yeah, it's open you, world that your train is on, and you're going around the world. You're collecting resources and doing quests so that you can upgrade your own train to eventually take on like the scourge of the land, which is like this crazy. Yeah, it's, it's got spider legs. Yeah. It has a fucked up face. It's like a demon spider legged. It's, de- it's literally a demon choo choo train, mm-hmm. and that's the only way I can describe it. Please look it up, choo choo Charles. It looks really fucking cool. I'm not big on playing spooky games, mm-hmm. but I would at least like to check that game out. Yeah, for sure. I don't think um, I don't think it's a long playthrough either. I think it's something you could probably go through in like five, ten hours. But yeah, yeah, for sure. So this this kind of speaks to um, it's really cool that I feel like the games that have been pushing the horror genre is the indie horror genre. Like in the past 15, 10 years, like indie, the indie horror genre has just been so so many bangers have come. There's, there's some good AAA ones too. Yeah, for sure. But like, I, f- I feel like it's indie horror that pushes the envelope. And whenever sure. indie horror is big, then AAA, it, it gets justified with AAA. And you'll get games like Outlast. You'll get games like... Um, Under the Arrival. I want to say that's that AAA. AAA. That's oh, AAA. no. I'm, I'm thinking indie. Mm-hmm. Outlast was, was, was game, AAA? Though. Outlast was AAA. Yeah. I'm thinking more like The Evil Within. That like AAA the, That's well. AAA. Yeah. Wasn't so, that, uh, that was... I was a Resident Evil guy that did that, dude, wasn't it? We talked about that last episode. Mm-hmm. Right. That, well, the ghost episode. The last episode. Well, the episode. 
the episode that should not be named. Yes. So the the guy who uh, <laughs> Evil Within was a phenomenal horror game that came out um, again in like early 2010s. And the director for that, it was just released at the PlayStation uh, event that happened not too long ago, is, is uh, making a new game set in Japan. And you have all these Japanese kind of Eastern style demons plaguing the land. You kind of go through and got to save this, your Ghost girl. Ghostwire Tokyo. Yes. Ghost so that's Fire another Tokyo. game that I'm hyped for mm-hmm. that we talked about in the episode that does or does not exist. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to get a PS5, that and Gran Turismo. Um when I'm, I'm looking at that game, it just had a really appealing art style just because I like the Hanya Mask stuff and like what traditional no theater was like in Japan. Mm-hmm. That's why I was excited for it. I actually don't know much about the game other than the aesthetic for it. And that's now, kind of the thing that's appealing to me. I feel like nowadays I like to, if anything looks really good to me, I try to stay as in the dark as possible so that when I get my hands on it, it's like, it's as new and like fresh as it could be. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, okay. I was going to mention, again, we mentioned it in the last episode that will not be named. Yes. Um, it's the director. The main director is, I believe it's Shinji Mikami. And that's the guy that did the original Resident Evil, mm-hmm. which is a pretty popular spooky yeah. franchise. Well, sure. So um, my little brother loves that series and Resident Evil? he, he categorizes it as 50% spooky and 50% action. Okay. So the first three originally, when they came out completely different from when four came out, cause four really four is like it, considered the best. Four, a lot of people, four is probably, I would Derek, say. get on here. Four, Vega wants four, to fight. Four I, is the most accessible one. I think it's the most popular one. It is the most Not popular one. Because Village you, is really good, too. If you play the original, um, it's it's all it's from the original PlayStation days, and it's all tank-style controls. Yeah, you know? yeah. Four was the only one that was the final one, or finally the one that had, like, over-the-shoulder, mm-hmm. third-person shooter, where before it was really about, like, maneuvering your way around with using whatever bare resources you had available to you. That's um, Capcom, right? Capcom, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was the game where like in the original ones, the camera was set in a specific view. Yeah. And you had to move your character in oh relation to where the camera so, was. Yeah. Something something like now, it's kind of like it's not that big of a deal. But back then, man, I remember I always be got spooked out about it. You know how like um the door transitions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever you would like go up to a door and you would hear like it would be like black and just throw a door and then you'd hear like the footsteps and then like the creak as you open a door and then you walk. So creepy. But like that, like Man, I remember that. That mm-hmm. just that right there is like my whole thing with Resident Evil. Like the one thing I remember about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've I've never really played that many spooky games in my time. I think, I think the spookiest game I've ever played, like all the way through, was Luigi's Mansion, like the first one. <laughs> Great game. <laughs> when I, I first got that game, dude, that I was game. so scared of it. Mm-hmm. I was so so scared of it. But Luigi's my homie, so mm-hmm. I remember playing through that game and it was it was just a very very different take on a Nintendo game at the time. I think. When you uh, believe, or I think when you take, you know, the sweethearts of Nintendo, like Mario, Luigi, Donkey Kong, like they all have like their own style of game, yeah. right? Like Donkey Kong Country, that has a specific play style. Same with any of the Super Mario, but like the main, li- the main line of Super Mario games. And it was only a matter of time before Luigi got one. Mm-hmm. And I was just really surprised at the way that they took it. Right. I, I think it's smart because, again, besides, I mean, there, there are probably people who would contest calling Luigi's Mansion a horror game, but like Nintendo didn't have any presence in that genre at all. And like Luigi also didn't have any presence in. He didn't really have a character identity. No, I don't he, think. He was like a sub character in Mario games. Yeah, because before I, Luigi's Mansion? Before Luigi's Mansion. Because when you look at yeah, him in, I think sure, yeah. in like 64, or like I specifically remember in the, in the intro to Mario Tennis 64. Mm hmm. 
he he literally says like luigi not afraid and he like swings his racket against waluigi and wario and it just seemed like every iteration of luigi up until luigi's mansion was a somewhat different take on his character because when you look at him now a lot of his stuff is like he's just a scaredy cat mm-hmm. right but you know back then it was just like it's kind of what, like what he, kind of character he's is he? luigi yeah it's a luigi mm-hmm. but now it makes sense that he's a scaredy cat because in the context of luigi's mansion it's like that's the push and pull of they like, made three games he's the scaredy cat but he's in this situation where he's in a scary environment and he has to save his brother and he's brave enough to go through it but the whole time he's like mario <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah dude that's holy mario. shit yeah that shit was great oh man um but yeah so i when when, when did the most recent luigi's mansion come out was it Last years year? Ago? Oh, was, was it last, last year? year? Luigi's Mansion 3 for the Switch. Yeah, I think okay, so it was sure came out last yeah, year. Yeah, see, they're still making those games. 2001. Did and, pretty well, too. And then I think mistaken. the second one came out in 2013. For the DS. The 3DS, I think? Let me see. Yeah, the 3DS. I didn't play that one. Because I think it, was, it came out during the year of Luigi. Mm-hmm. And oh, that, the year of Luigi. And then that, I was, that was 2012. It came out in 2012. <clears throat> How good my memory is. <clears throat> so, I feel like we should all just go around and like talk about like our personal experience with the horror game genre and like games that left an impression on us. Yeah, sure. I'm about it. You want to go first? We just mentioned Dark I mean, Moon. Dark 2013. Moon. 2013. Okay, that's close um, enough. So, so, I mean, I feel like I've experimented more with horror games later, like in the last couple of years, but I do remember some staple, staple horror games would probably be for me playing through the first Amnesia, me and my friend Julian at the time. Like, that was indie? Yes, indie. So I think this... Personally, I believe that this Shout is out Julian. one of the most prolific indie horror games to come out because that's the one that has like the the sanity, yes. depending on like the yep. the lighting. So PewDiePie, the number one YouTube streamer or like the most subscribed YouTube streamer, his kind of rise to fame was him playing these scary games um, and his reactions to them. Um, and the game that he had like probably the biggest pops and content was from amnesia and through that you had all these other people who were kind of mimicking him and then these other and like people would download the game they want to try it themselves so that's how i got exposed to the game and then me and julian played through it together and we would take turns and we played the game and man it was it's scary it's yeah, and it's, like the graphical fidelity of the game isn't anything crazy you start off and you're this dude you you uh you lost your memories you, you wake have up amnesia you have amnesia <laughs> go you, figure yeah you're you wake up in this mansion and like the first uh the opening is actually really awesome because you get your lantern it teaches you about sanity and you you realize it spits you right at the beginning of the the parlor of this massive mansion you have to explore through it and as you're progressing through the mansion crazy obviously crazier and crazier and crazier things happen but i i genuinely remember being absolutely horrified like almost every moment of playing that game and like the puzzles are very simple because ultimately like what you could do is pick stuff up put it down run away and that's literally and preserve your sanity by like picking up certain items that you could find so because you need to re like store your sanity you have to it encourages exploration but the more exploration you do there's a higher chance you run into something fucked up and that's a cool mechanic that they came up with Mm -hmm. i think that's another thing that we should talk about we're discussing like what horror games leave uh, an impression Mm -hmm. whatever that mechanic is i remember i don't actually want to cut you off go for it let's talk about it so I think the game that left the biggest impression on me is, and it's not even just a game. It started out as a game and it just got way bigger than it should have. Um, a horrible crime actually occurred. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but it might've been like 2013 or 14 talking about Slender Man. Now, if you don't Slender know the arrival, 
No, Slender Man. The OG oh. one. So I'm going to I'm gonna give the whole synopsis oh, on it. Okay. This, this has alone fucked up my psyche. Are we dead? Oh, okay, 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 okay. I was about to say, like, <laughs> does this man not want to hear what I'm going to say? You're good. I hear you. But yeah, so anyways, Slender Man. How much do you guys know about Slender Man? I just know, what was it? A creepypasta, right? Something like that? I played the, sh- the game. I played it. I played the arrival. Yeah, so I played I'm, the original. I'm educated. I got like all the modes. You talk about the tell game, the people, like, just in case okay, they don't so know. Tell the this, boys and the this girls. Is, $20 and all this that. is as, as real of a story as possible. Um, so the first thing that you need to know about Slender Man is the more you know about him, the more likely it is he's going to get you. And that's pretty much what he is in a nutshell. It's a psychological thing. I remember when I first heard about it when I was in college, it might have been 2011 or 2012. Um, my roommates were telling me about it and it just fucked me up in the head. But so they made a game called um, Slender Man, the eight pages. Mm-hmm. And basically the synopsis of the, of the game, it's, it's a really shitty like any game, maybe like one or two people made it. It was free. You could download it just right <laughs> yeah. off the cuff. On, so, search it up. I don't think it, was, it wasn't even originally called eight pages. I think it's all arrival. I think, it, I think it's just Slender Man. Because when arrived, Slender the Arrival came out, just that one portion was because they reworked that part into the other game too. Yeah. But continue. I didn't mean that. But yeah. So basically with the whole Slenderman thing, I believe it started as a, a creepypasta on Marble Hornets. That. Oh, the YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 There was a guy who would, he was his, he was filming his experience. with He was Slender known Man, as the operator. Yeah. And he was putting out like bits and videos of him exploring and kind of giving people nuggets of information. Mm. And I remember watching the YouTube and being too creeped out to watch it. But yes, Mar- the Marvel Hornets YouTube was like the thing that started pushing this. Mm, okay. Yeah. So they, it started out as like a creepypasta on like 4chan or something. And it pretty much just evolved into someone making a game and the whole game is just you're in the forest and the whole objective is just collect the eight pages well you also have a flashlight so we're getting there we're getting we're getting there (laughs) so you have a flashlight and i don't know if this game had the mechanic but i I believe it's slender the arrival so i'll just jump to that one because you like flash him so it's not that you flash him but so in slender the arrival they pretty much have a progenitor chapter, which kind of sets up the story of everything. You're this girl, your friend's like calling you, he's like, hey, I'm having a bad time. Can you come hang out? We have girl talk. And so you go out there and you go to her house. And of course, it's in the middle of the fucking woods and she's not there. But you also notice that like on the walls, like these creepy pictures are just like a stick man with no face. And you eventually get to her bedroom and you hear her scream. You can see Slenderman in the mirror. I'm actually getting goosebumps thinking of like talking about this right now. Out the, out the window, actually. Out the window, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, You're talking you, about Slender the Arrival? Yeah, yeah I'm okay, on Slender okay. the Arrival right yeah. now. But so in chapter two, the mission is you have to find the eight pages. And something that this game did really well is one of the mechanics they have is whenever you're running, they just literally tilt the flashlight down so you can't see where you're going. Mm-hmm. And... Once you pick up the first page, that's when it starts um, spawning Slenderman uh, based off of, I believe, your input. Because essentially, when you're looking in the game, that's pretty much just, you know, uh, a vector that you're looking at, right? So you can see, like, if I'm looking here, you can calculate the time it takes to look from here to here. So if you're jerking a lot, it perceives that as an increased amount of time for you to look. So the likelihood of him spawning is actually higher. Oh. So I thought that was a really cool mechanic that they um, that they incorporated with the game, and then also 
when you get too close to him, it starts to like static out. Oh yeah, and everything yeah. because yep. the camera was basically a VCR recorder, like shitty camera. Mm-hmm. And when you would get close to him, it started like static out. And when you were too close, you would pretty much have to run away. But you can't see in the dark, or the only way you can really see is when you have the flashlight shining. But it tilts it down when you're running. Um, but like just that in general, I thought was. It's a really, really fun game. It's a really fucked up story. I remember those two kids like took their friend out to the woods and like they stabbed her like 15 times or something like that. I remember hearing about this. There's a movie about it. And I remember the parents getting really upset about the movie. This is like, why can't we just let this thing die? And that that's just like how ridiculous. That's just like Internet culture. Like if we don't have the Internet. This shit doesn't happen. I think 100 percent. Yeah. I remember a cool mechanic about the first one was that. You were supposed to be able to beat the first one in like 30 minutes to an hour. Like a playthrough would be quick, but you're, you had a battery on the flashlight yeah. and it would slowly dim mm-hmm. and you could turn your flashlight off to preserve the battery, but then you could literally only see what's like immediately in front of yeah. you. So it's like you had this choice of like resource management and not knowing where you're going, trying to navigate through this forest. But like, if you leave your flashlight on, then you, you need to be working really efficiently to know where everything yeah. is. And also, if you leave it on, like you're gonna see Slenderman, and it's like, just such a fucked up thing too. I the music makes it really tense too. I'm, oh my god! Because the more pages you find, like the more involved yeah, it gets. Yeah, it gets way more intense. Doom, doom. Can I can I tell a story actually? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, so do you guys know what uh, lucid dreaming is? Yeah, uh, Vega, do you know what lucid dreaming is? Maybe. Okay, so it's pretty much your. So when you fall asleep, your brain secretes a chemical, which basically paralyzes you, so that you don't interact with the dreams that you're having. Whenever oh, people okay, sleepwalk, okay, okay. that's your brain not being able to produce that chemical. Um, right. But so I remember this is when I was like going on Fortune way too often, way, <laughs> way too much for my God own good. It. And I specifically remember reading this thread about lucid dreaming. And I was just curious about it. And basically what it said is you pretty much have to be really, really tired just so that it's easy for your body to go to sleep. And what you do is anytime you feel the urge to move, that's your brain sending you a signal to see if you're ready to fall asleep or not. And if you move, then pretty much have to restart that cycle, right? So it's like, though for a long time, I have the urge to move, I move, then it's like that clock starts over. And so basically what it says is you just have to stay completely still. And eventually your brain will start to secrete that chemical and you can start to feel it. I, I actually do it fairly regularly now. And it's always the most terrifying thing because the first time that I did it, this is when I was just like dick deep in looking at Slenderman stuff. Right. right. Dick deep. Okay. (laughs) So I I remember coming home from school one day and I was just like, holy shit, I'm just going to fall asleep. And I was like, oh, I'm going to see if I can lose a dream. And like you guys were saying, when you're in the forest, you just hear the, Mm -hmm. like the beat of the drum. Mm Mm-hmm. And I fall asleep. Yeah, I fall asleep. And I remember being like, oh, I guess I'm dreaming in the woods. And I hear the thud. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to get up. And like, I couldn't because my body was secreting that chemical that paralyzes me. Oh, I I always thought that was just called sleep paralysis. Yeah, that's the same thing. Okay. Lucid dreaming is basically you being able to directly impact your dream while you're under sleep paralysis. I think sleep paralysis is when like you're conscious and awake, but you can't move your body. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And then lucid dreaming is you can pretty much control it. And God damn it. It was it was the most terrifying thing because no one was home at the house I was at. And I remember like just trying to like throw myself up. Like imagine you're laying down and you're trying to like use your momentum to get up. 
and I just couldn't. And I just kept hearing the drums. So I was just like, I think I just need to commit to this. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like start running in my dream. And I, all the eight pages. I found a page too. That's the scary <laughs> thing. I found a page and I just specifically remember like him in front of me. And I woke up, dude, I was drenched in sweat. Like, I have never been so fucking terrified God damn. in my life. You go to Derek's room, you're just like, Derek, there's a page No, on the this floor. was I was in college, dude. No oh, one was okay. home. God damn I, I was with my roommates, and no one was home at that time. And I just remember, like, waking up, and, like, I was just fucking drenched, dude. Like, we just got run, done running a, two, a 2K or something. It was awful. But if you ever want to try it, definitely look into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really not that bad. It's Since I've been able to do it and replicate it a few times, I better control of it, but... It's one of those things where if you let your mind spiral down, like GG, like you're, you're not going to be able to come back. Okay, yeah, that's my story. God, I'm probably going to have a nightmare about it tonight, dude. There we go. God damn it. So I think this speaks as to the cultural relevance of like when you look at the last 10, 15 years of the horror game genre and look at the things that have made the most waves, it's not necessarily things like, I mean, Evil Within was a great game, but like Evil Within, I never play that game. Resident Evil. It's pretty good. I feel like the games that have gotten the most appeal because of their accessibility and because um, there is a culture of people on YouTube and content creators playing these types of games. It's Amnesia. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. It's Slender. Oh, it's Five Slender Nights at Freddy's. That's another good Isn't one. Isn't there like yeah. 10 of those games now? Oh, I think yeah. there's five. It's a, there's a, movie. There's five. a movie coming out. Get the it's fuck get, out, really? Yep, it's there, there's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie coming oh out. Is, is it made by the people that made Minions? Because if so, I will watch it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, they're making the Super Mario movie. I'm like, why is that relevant? It's because they're making the Mario Yes, movie. they are. That's true. Um, but yeah, those games like indie horror, because I think it's, it's cheap. It's really accessible. Like the budget for these games is a lot smaller, but there's a, uh, a culture and a demographic of people who specifically try and play indie horror games. And like, it's really cool that a lot of the prolific indie games to come out in the last couple of years are specifically indie horror games. Uh, Phas uh, what's that? Phasmophobia. Is a new oh yeah, one. the co-op one. Yes. So now that one's it's like randomly generated missions where there's a different type of ghost. You have to use your equipment to deduce what type of ghost or demon you're fighting with your friends. So you have to collect certain data, determine the ghost. So when you learn what ghost it is, you have there's different types of ways that you have to like defeat or capture the ghost. And it's cool because it's randomly generated levels. It's multiplayer. It's it could get really scary at times depending on how violent the ghost is. Yeah, that's a cool mechanic too. And I think the thing that i would mention about like why it's probably so relevant in indie is that usually pretty simple mechanics but it's like just walking around yeah you're walking around picking stuff up yeah i actually i made um a couple games when i was in graduate school and one of them was i can't think of the i can't think of the the name of the game but basically you were a little girl and the point the objective of the game is to make it to your parents bedroom because something scared you at night and it's on the night of your older brother's funeral so it's like the wake just happened and you go back home it's called amelia i just you made this it. game yeah i made this game and i i like it was actually like a fun mechanic because the the setup like the level design of it was really simple it was just like basically a big zigzag and then a square to make it to the parents bedroom mm-hmm. but along the way there were like jump scares and like times where you have to use the little teddy bear that your older brother gave you and to not take damage you hold it up to your like that right oh i remember you showing me gameplay of like box colliders and triggers of yeah. like where the jump scares would be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah, just yeah. something really simple to do but mm-hmm. that, that that's like a, a good example of how accessible like that 
genre is to do because there's not like a lot of crazy game physics that you have to worry about and most of the time it's just storytelling like um gosh what's what's the term narrative narrative visual storytelling i feel like i'm botching the actual like visual novel no there's there's a specific term that game designers use to when you tell a story just through the level design Mm -hmm. and i forget the term visual storytelling i think it's visual storytelling too i could be botching it Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i i am really happy with how the indie crowd has taken that genre because i feel like there actually aren't that many spooky games that come out yeah, AAA tends to not not really fuck with like horror. Resident Evil just came out with one. So Resident well, Resident Evil has enough clout now that they can come true. out with a game and they have a solid following and they'll make money on it. Well, they fucked up on five. Which which one was in you're in like Africa and it was like I haven't played a single that was one. Of five. Them. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I remember. Plays, oh no, Chris I know. And this one was co op, right? There's the girl and the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Sure. That's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, yeah. I I remember my little brother because he loves that series, Derek. Mm-hmm. He was telling me that the franchise like almost died at five. It was really actiony. Five or six. People didn't like it because it was they, just like a zombie. Because they doubled shooter. down on on Resident Evil Four and like how popular that was. So they were like, "Hey, let's make another game like this." And it just it was not as good as it. It felt more of like um, like an action zombie shooter. No, more like they like not like they sold out. They like phoned it in. You know what I mean? Like they were just like, "Oh, well, that one was really good, so let's just try and make another game like that." And then it clearly wasn't. So. Like, Speaking That's of good. action zombie wait, shooter. Wait, wait, wait. Your turn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Turn? You, you should go. And, mm-hmm. then, and then I'll go back. Um, so we're just talking about, like, game series? Yeah, Sp- I mean, like... Spooky games that, like, had an impact for, on the Well, then I guess that was, a good, that, that was a good, like, I guess, segue. Because mine would actually be Resident Evil. There um, we go. Specifically, probably, like, the original three, though. Um, I know we talked about it. I don't remember what episode Play the remakes, was. right? Yeah, the remakes are really good. Um, so have you ever played the original? Um, I want to say it's Shinji Mikami. Um really popular it was just that was the first like really for for the playstation at least that was really the, the first like true like horror game like you know there's thrillers nowadays there's thrillers and there's kind of games that you know like i would classify heavy rain as a thriller you know it's not a scary game not but a video game visual storytelling there you go. yeah <laughs> <laughs> quick time events um but I would consider that I would consider that like I would consider that a thriller. Um, it's not necessarily scary, but it definitely gives you like suspense, you know. Yeah. Um, and the, the originals was just straight up scary. I mean, like it was. I, maybe it was scary for me, like nostalgia wise. But I mean, even now, like you ever just go back and play a game that you used to play, and like when like now that you're older and like you still get like the same. You just talk nostalgia? about it with Slender. Yeah. Like, yeah. Of I guess, course. Well, I guess nostalgia. You kind of still feel the same way. Like. Well, I'm still scared of Slender. Slender man. So the original, like, obviously it hasn't aged very well. Um, and, like, the series as a whole, and just in terms of, like, what it originally was, obviously isn't the same. It wouldn't hold up to uh, today's standards. That's obviously why 4 was such a big deal. It was, mm-hmm. like, a departure from what it used to be and much better. Um, but, yeah, just like like I said, mentioned before, the, the door transitions, or if you're going up a, st- a set of stairs, you know, like, you're going up, like, slowly and you can hear. How like, old were you when you played the first one? <sighs> okay, so when that did the first one? That game was rated M. That game... You better have been 17. No, I definitely was not 17. Um, ESRB, for sorry. I don't even remember. I had to have been really young, like five or six. Heard, okay. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Why are you yeah. playing that game as a five or six-year-old? Yeah, that's I was that's playing like Diddy out. Kong Racing and shit. <laughs> okay, yeah, so the original came out in 96. That was three when it yeah, first I, came Yeah, I was out. three. You know, okay. Why are you playing? How, why did your parents let you play that? It wasn't at my parents. It was at one of my cousin's house in New York. They were, they were much older than me. And that's actually how I got into Metal Gear Solid. It was a big... Uh, mm. 
because um, I used to play that a lot. But that's another that's, that's another episode. So of all the Resident Evils, which one would you say scared you the most? Even if it two. was two, without a doubt. So yeah. why take me through it? As someone, I'm the guy. Okay. And so I'm, if you ever played the first one, mm-hmm. the first one was split up into Claire. What, what and, is the plot of Resident Evil? So the plot of Resident Evil is basically Umbrella Corporation. They make these bio weapons that basically turn people into zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, this. <laughs> The story is obviously much more like complicated it from there, but deep. yeah, it really does. But I mean, the 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 the, the basis of it is is that um, Umbrella Corp, they're you know this pharmaceutical company or something like that, and they supposedly make um, they make this virus that they want to use for chemical warfare, mm-hmm. or maybe is chemical warfare the correct term? Um, whatever it might be, and they basically make these zombies, and that's how the virus spreads. And so, like you know, you ever heard of the T virus, the G virus? Um, raccoon Nem- city is that the first one raccoon city is where it happens or raccoon city um yeah. that's actually where the second one happens but it's in raccoon city mm-hmm. um the first one is like in like a mansion and then you like you have to explore the mansion so the first one was with claire and jill excuse me jill and chris mm-hmm. jill valentine chris redfield they're like the two main characters the second one came out and you could play as leon who's you know he was in four he's like probably a pretty popular character in the resident evil series now and um Claire Redfield, Chris's little sister, uh, little sister. Um, but the cool thing about that game was that you had they had different storylines. But then when you beat both of them, you could play their B scenario, which was essentially playing the other person's scenario, but you're that character. Um, so there was essentially four levels of like storyline that you could do. Um, but it was really cool, like me being younger and back then. Mm-hmm. Seeing like how that all the continuity was just kind of like led together. You know, like you're like, oh, I played this. I did this happened when I was playing Leon and now I'm playing Claire's story and oh that makes sense that's happened and that's that's how this happened and now I'm on this area you know yeah you see whatever. the narrative kind of come together through the lenses of specific individuals yeah and so um the original was like I think because of its time it was just you know the PlayStation just the whole 3D graphics was a big thing back then too um the whole boom of that it was it was, it was pretty scary man it does not hold up today to like I, I think that's a game that does not age well if you play like if you were to go and play it like resident like evil the original or the remake the original resident evil one two or three um not four because four is you know um like you said the action one but so on that note you know we all have our opinions on remasters and remakes what is your opinion on the remake for it's two one and, and two or two and three two and three okay. so they remade they remade the original first one it was on the gamecube i think the um, original Resident yeah. Evil? They remade it. And the it's very in, first one was on the GameCube. I thought it was PlayStation. Well, the first one was on the PlayStation. They remade it and it was on the GameCube. Ooh. And it was I know 4 was on the GameCube. It was mm-hmm. basically, yeah, it was. It was basically like an HD remake of it back then, but it wasn't updated like how 2 is. Mm-hmm. 2, I would say, is more of a remake. 2 and 3 is more of a remake. Yeah, while for sure. The original one was like a remaster. Um, so you still have your tank controls, your, you know, the same kind of puzzles and everything, the fixed camera angles and all that stuff. 2 was when it made it more in the style of action, kind of like Resident Evil 4. Yeah, like third-person shooter. But they did a really good job with, like, copying over, like, specifically, I would say, two more than three. Um, I haven't beaten three, but I know there's a lot of, like, um, complaints about three not really following the continuity of the original. But two, I mean, if, you, if you've ever played two, it's all, it takes place at the beginning in, like, um, the Raccoon City PD. Mm-hmm. And... The way that they recreated it into is just so cool. It's like, you know, you were just, again, that nostalgia just kind of takes over. You're just kind of like, holy shit. Like, I remember, like, environmental storytelling. That's what the thing yeah, is. Yeah, there you go. I mean, even like, even, even just the same, like, you would have a basic hallway that was just, it was a hallway with windows that were boarded up, but zombies would, you know, 
break through every now and then and they'd just be like grabbing you and it was more for aesthetic and to kind of scare you but they even remade that and like you could still feel the same way when you walk through it's I would definitely recommend you play two and three. Super good games. I remember watching gameplay online and playthroughs of the remake, and like it seemed from from an outsider's perspective that that game was universally very well received as like a great remake, a great game in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Like it took from the source material and it also added to make it its own kind of like great experience. Super worth it. Super Mm -hmm. worth it. I hate remakes, remasters, but I really appreciate when. A good one happens. This, so. this is the only. I shouldn't say the only one. I'd probably have to really think about it. Final but this is. Well, those. Okay, yeah, that was not. a good remake too. There was. Yeah. Um, but this is the only one of the only ones that I would really say that like the remake actually made it a better game, mm-hmm. as opposed to a lot of. I feel like a lot of remakes and remasters. Yeah, it's cheap. Just, yeah, it's cash a jab for yeah, money. You know? Yeah, for so. sure. Cool. Speaking yeah. of remakes, I know that you have a bone to pick. Oh, speaking of zombie action games. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure all of you guys have been playing the new spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, mm-hmm. which is a great game. I remember um, my older brother, Andrew, he would play it all the time with his friends, and you know, I would jump in sometimes. Um, Back for Blood just came out, and we all were personally pretty hyped about it, just because it was another game that we could play with the boys. Um, Robert... Robert has some opinions on it, though. Right, well, I mean, I have one one gripe to get out, but yes. Yeah, so if you played or didn't mode? play, it was a server thing. Anyway, oh, okay. <laughs> so Left 4 Dead came out, and then obviously Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. Very, very... Would you say that Left 4 Dead was... I don't. I wouldn't place that AAA. I don't know. Yeah, Left 4 Dead, yeah, for yeah, sure. Definitely AAA. Okay, yeah, it, was, right. it was Valve that yeah. made that, I'm pretty okay, sure. Definitely AAA. Yeah. All right, so Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 are probably one of the higher, like, and the horror genre, super high clout, like very prolific game. I would say that those games in and of itself ushered in the whole zombie era in like the late or like mid late 2000s, early 2010s when you had all these zombie games coming out. When you had uh, Dead Island, Zombies Mode and Black Ops. Um, um, all a lot of zombie games. They were all trying to rip from Left 4 Dead. And, I remember like, even, like a lot of zombie time. movies coming out, like Zombieland. Uh, 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 fucking. It's oh, a good movie, it? though. The Walking it Dead. The, the Walking Walk. Dead was very prevalent at that time as well. Yeah, there was just like a whole like giant dick oversaturated. Of yes, for some reason, so much zombie happening at that time. But in the gaming um, genre, favorite zombie movie? Huh? Do you have a favorite zombie movie? Favorite zombie movie? Um, if you ever saw that movie, Warm Bodies, it's like a, it's like a. It's a rom-com, but like he's a oh, zombie. <laughs> it would be a Time rom-com. Out. Dude, How do we go from zombie? How could you have a zombie rom-com? My favorite zombie movie is a rom-com. Dude, it was so cute. I watched it in theaters and I think I saw it with like, I think it was like the squad. It was like Walter, Tony, all of them. And we went and saw it in theaters and it was super cute. It was like Romeo and Juliet, but like he's a zombie. Favorite zombie movie. Whatever. Um... I mean, I, I remember watching Zombieland and just thinking it was a really good movie oh, just because I, I don't like scary stuff and it was just like a comedic relief from it, but it still had all the necessary tropes of a zombie movie. Um, but I, I remember that one being good. And then I remember seeing it and I have, I think I just like suppressed it in my head because of like how much it fucked me up uh, 28 days later. Oh, that's a good. I did not I watch that movie. About, yeah, I don't. That's a, that's an, a Is that the whole one with the fast good. zombies? The ones that fucking run. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I, think so? I don't remember. I think so. I think that was when it was like twenty eight days, and there was like twenty eight weeks later, and that yeah, was like I don't sequel. remember. It's whatever the first one was. The first I think one it was twenty eight days later. Yeah. I'm pretty sure what I remember hearing about this movie was that like everyone had this mental model of what zombies could be, like yeah. slow, dumb, idiotic. But this was the first movie to kind of you had zombies that were fucking 
brutal, like predatory, uh, yeah. fast. Like, so speaking of that, we consider I Am Legend a zombie movie or is that vampires? I would say it's a zombie movie. I don't know. I love that movie. I love it too. Did I, you guys know that that actually ending was like a completely different ending? Yeah, I remember seeing both the endings, and I, I remember There's liking two endings. Yeah, so the original ending. So get this. So they focus tested the original ending, and they didn't like it, so they changed it to what it was, where it made like basically Will Smith like a martyr. Mm-hmm. But like in the original, basically the whole thing is like. You think they're zombies, but they're actually like real people. Yeah, they're human. They're human, you know. And basically, he's experimenting on them. So he, the whole "I am legend" thing is him. He is the legend because he's experimenting on all of them. So basically, to save them. Yeah, they don't know that though. They just know they're getting captured, and he's he's experimenting on them, and then mm-hmm. he doesn't know. They don't know what happened. Oh, hard. So basically, you know, like the girl that they have at the uh, he has at the end of the movie mm-hmm. that he like dies with the the zombie girl. Um, well, she survives in the original ending. Yeah, or, so or in the, the ending, the, you know, so how you, so you know how like all those zombies come Spoiler in and they start like attacking him, and like basically the the lead like zombie dude like comes in. You think he's gonna kill Will Smith, and then he like he just takes the girl and then like leaves, and he's like basically like you know I came to take you know our our people back, and mm-hmm. then just leaves, and then that's it, and then it's the same ending except instead of just the girl going to that encampment, it's like the girl and Will Smith. Yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Why isn't Will Smith a hero?" Blah 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 blah. So then they change it to what it was. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Was still a good movie, actually. Like, threw me off when I found that out, though. I didn't have a dog at that time, and I still thought when he had to kill his pup was like the saddest thing. I I don't think I could watch that movie again. No, nah. Anything where dogs. I love dogs. Yeah, same. I I don't think I could ever watch that movie again, knowing that scene's there. No, but that is a really, really good movie. He's driving a Mustang at the beginning. Just so you know. Um, Shaun of the Yo, shout out Steelers seven seven two. Shaun of the Dead was a really Shaun of the Dead. Who said this? Uh, your boy. Oh, my boy. So yeah. I was gonna. Ryan, movie, I agree completely. My movie was gonna be Dawn of the Dead, but Shaun of the Dead was a really good the movie the guy from Hot Fuzz is yes. in. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Hot Fuzz is another banger movie. Uh, but I I remember watching that too, and I was thinking like it's the same thing as Zombieland, just giving me comedic relief mm-hmm. of like the spooky stuff. Such a great uh great movie. Yeah, rom coms, right? Yeah, but so, uh, so anyways. Whatever. Yeah. Hey. Uh, what what were we talking about? Back for Blood. Did you talk about the thing? So this is going to be one of the main topics. Obviously, we all just tried out this new game. It's like hot off the presses. It's what's hot right now. You go on Twitch right yeah, it now. Came out on the twelfth. Yes, just Tuesday? came out two days ago. Um, so it is um a couple of the studio heads that made Left. Talk for, about what Left for Dead was. Yeah. So Left for Dead was a first person team based shooter. Ooh. I think two thousand seven. Good guess. I have Good no guess. idea. I remember it was for the 360. I think 2010 was the next yes, one. Yes, it came out for the Xbox 360. And what would happen was it's level-based. There's a narrative. Your friends would all pick one of four characters to play. And you would go through these levels, pick up weapons, shoot these zombies. And it was... Um, is it the same setup where you would find different guns and you would kind yeah, of yeah. switch loadouts? Was, was there's, I think there was four campaigns in the original one. Mm-hmm. And then was, the second yeah. game had like six campaigns. And... There was DLC as well. Yeah, there was some DLC. The, I will say, we'll get into it, but Back for Blood is, the system is obviously a lot more... Roguelike, right? Mm, I wasn't going to say roguelike. I was going to say more progression-based than the original Left 4 Dead. Yes. Well, there's definitely, there's an additional system because the original one was pretty much just shoot zombie. It was, it was an arcade shooter. There, there wasn't any, like, hey, you can collect cards. Hey, here's this what battle was the whole pass. premise behind it, too? It was like they were filming movies, right? Something like that, I think it was? It was movie posters. Like yeah. each campaign was like a movie poster. Um, yeah, I think it was like a movie that they. Were I I remember. Like I specifically remember a a campaign in the second one because it was my favorite to do. It was the one where you ended up in the mall and you had to grab um, gas gas cans all around the mall and fuel up the like car or something. Mm-hmm. I just remember that one being a lot of fun. 
which reminds me of another uh, fun zombie game. Did you guys ever play Dead Rising, like the original one? Oh, yeah. I remember playing that game a lot because you're trapped in a mall and all of your weapons are just shit that you find in a mall. So you yeah. can find like a skateboard. That game was just straight like hilarity though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, it, it was a made of relief. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that was another good one. But anyways, back to your gripe. Left 4 Dead. Um, so that game earned a lot of prevalence. And then I don't necessarily know what happened with the production team, but we have some of the executives and hired people from though, Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 kind of formed their own thing and back for blood just came out on 12th so uh it is a spiritual successor to the game same kind of format you can pick Feels one just of like it man one of yeah. eight characters Feels and there's like a it. there's a couple different modes there's a campaign mode you can go through and yeah, there's also a wave based mode yeah it's right? called swarm yeah. whereas yeah. if you just if you don't want to be tied to the campaign there are these cards that you can collect and as you progress through the game you collect more of them and you make a deck and at the beginning of each level, you draw from that deck and the cards modify and give you certain passives and active abilities, which change the way you would play the game. There's also the corruption cards, which is pretty much just like the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. I think it gets pulled at the beginning of each act. and or every level. Yeah, of every level. So each playthrough that you do, maybe you have to deal with the fog or maybe headshots or instant kills on um, like the, the altered ridden or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. And I'm actually glad you describe the system to me because i would keep picking the same card over and over again each act that we did and i was wondering like why do i have like a thousand rounds and it's because i picked the 10 percent ammo thing every single time yeah (laughs) i didn't know it was stacking so the game doesn't necessarily um and we'll get into this more i don't think the game does a super great job of explaining the whole tutorial so i can't really talk I I don't think it does a good job, but anyway. Um, so yes, there's a whole zombie shooter aspect. You pick one of eight um, characters. Each character has its own unique loadout, its own uh, ability and passive that it grants the team. And then as you progress through the level, you'll find um, different, like there's like 30 or 40 different guns, all different rarities. Attachments. So attachments for those guns. So a couple it's re- gripes that I want to call out too, yeah. but we'll get there. So it's like a looter shooter um, because you can find the different guns and loot at different rarities, attachments for those. And also at the beginning of each level, you draw a card from that deck that you're making. And as you keep playing the game, you get better and better, more wild cards. I know there's like, so the cards that Ryan was just talking about, um, for the Fufu starter deck, there's like five passive cards. And then once you draw those, like there's the only things are like normal cards, like you can carry 10% more ammo or have an extra five life or start with an extra 25 gold. Um, so, but there are cards that are as wild as, so each game or, um, your loadout is a primary and a secondary weapon. And there's a card that allows you to just have two primary weapons instead of a primary and secondary. And the secondary guns are like not as effective as the primary ones. So they can get mechanically as, as crazy as that. The combo that Derek did too, where you can have your melee be a knife. And then every time you melee a zombie, you get two health. Shout mm-hmm. out Derek. Yeah, shout, shout out, out Derek. Derek. Yeah, um, I know that, that was like another stacking one that he did. See, one thing I want to say this though, actually, I really like about the card system is that it's you make the deck, and then I don't know if you know, but you actually draw the cards in order that you make the deck. Is it? Yeah, it's not random. So I thought it draw, draws five and you pick one. Correct, but you still draw them in order, so mm-hmm. it's not random. So the cool thing about this is that Left 4 Dead was like originally you would just go through the campaign and you would just play it, and it was just like you know you were just playing to have fun. Pretty yeah, much. characters didn't have like their own passive or anything. Like there was that. no like yeah, you could no pick up different weapons, but there was no attachments and all that stuff. There's a lot more systems in this one that's a lot better, but specifically is, um. Again, like enough or dead, you can just choose a campaign and go through. In this one, you have like actual like each each time you get to a safe like a like a, a a safe house, it's like a more you know um, before it was a checkpoint, but now it's a more like you know like 
actual like checkpoint because now you're like okay you gotta like calculate your experience get all this stuff okay now the next round is yeah you gotta start. shop too like, like what do you there's want to a shop exactly yeah so that's the cool thing is i think like if you're like once you get to a later part in the game i'm sure once you're like more in the account you could be like oh i want to do this difficulty i specifically know for this act i'm probably going to need said cards in the beginning or i'm going to need these cards later on and like i think that's cool that you can adapt that play style mm-hmm. as opposed to just making a deck and you choosing it randomly because i feel like that'd get really annoying really quick but the fact that you can kind of like plan for it and choose like choose like what you want to do i see what you mean so instead of it being both both are valid but instead of it being a deck builder which is like a a normal tcg where you build a deck based on the probability of building into a certain strategy you can build a more concise honed in strategy because you know that you're going to get these cards in order so you can properly scale into the game and whatever crazy but it also depends like okay so say if i'm playing a game like okay you start off with two and you know one's like movement speed and i don't know ammo or something and you pick up a gun like, you know, you pick up a rifle and it's got some pretty good attachments. So you're going to want to get something that's, you know, better for that gun. So instead of going for something else that you might be like maybe extra health for your teammates, you might be a little bit selfish and go for something like extra damage on, on you know, rifles or whatever. Something might be similar to that. And it's like you can change it as you go on, as mm-hmm. you go along. You can kind of adapt your play For style. sure. Yeah. And I like also that- the corruption cards probably play a part in that, too. Corruption cards are fun. Yeah. I do like that, mm-hmm. that adding mechanic of For it. sure. And like higher difficulties obviously have more corruption cards. We were playing on the, the lowest difficulty because the game we were actually kind of fucked okay, up yeah. Yeah. What, what on normal. The, so what is it like? Yeah, there was there was the recruit. And there was normal like, and then Nightmare. Yeah. So we were playing. They like, don't scale, We were playing the middle, the middle difficulty thinking Just, like that would be fine. We got destroyed. Well, it's because I think that that difficulty is designed. So if you're looking to get into this game, right? So... What Vega was kind of mentioning earlier where there's a lot of progression-based... Uh, it's The game is more progression-based because there's this currency that you can spend to research cards for your deck. And it's, starting out, you only have like a really foo-foo, really basic deck. And the I don't think the intermediary difficulty was designed with that deck in mind because right, yeah. you need to be able to scale a lot harder to be able to To be fair, I'm pretty sure levels. the difficulty, like the middle difficulty is called like veteran or something. So, oh yeah, but be. then the diffi- like the description for it is like, oh, if you're you know if you're not new to FPS, this is probably where you should start at. And we did, and we got. Uh, to be fair though, that first level we didn't know a lot of the mechanics. Like I didn't know what all the special ridden do. Oh my god, the birds! The birds fucked us yeah, up so, so badly. Yeah, so like I didn't know <laughs> like how the bird mechanic worked either. So take us through it. What's the bird mechanic? Okay, so there's a, oh, in the first fuck the birds, man. In the first act, there's a level where you're pretty much just like walking on top of these. Um, truck beds things like cargo truck bed things and the birds are actually one of the corruption cards you can get and so no 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 no. the corruption card means more bird spawn or there there's more there's more bird spawns yeah and that was the first one we got (laughs) yeah so like anyways it it pretty much just acts like any other um horde inducing mechanic you hit like a car and the alarm goes off like that's still in the game but there was just so this is one of the the um immersion breaking things that i thought that the game had it felt like that the placement of the bird things was purely there for you to mistakenly shoot mm-hmm. instead of it being like an actual immersive device. So like maybe it wasn't cohesive with the environment. It, it just, it just felt like there's a direct path that you need to take on that level. Like you're on this truck bed, you have to jump to this one specifically at this angle. Otherwise you're going to uh, like hear the birds where I feel like a better implementation of that might be 
so firstly, birds wouldn't just be sitting on a truck bed, right? I have never seen that in real life, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand that this is you know, a fiction game, but bear with me with the point that I'm making. What if there were a lot of zombies that were like, you know, jumping up in the air or something and you had to shoot them and maybe there was like, you know, some telephone lines and if you shot too close to where the birds are, that would set it off. Mm. I feel like that is a more realistic implementation of the birds instead of just purely acting like a random car alarm. So the car alarm is a better way to do it because it makes sense with what we're conditioned to know For in sure. zombie shows like in The Walking Dead. There's cars everywhere, right? Every, any like that zombie pretty, movie. That was a pretty prevalent mechanic in Left 4 Dead as well, right? Yeah. The car alarm. just the car alarm's yeah. going off. So I would always think, call horde. Uh, yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys know about the movie A Silent, uh, no, a silent, not A Silent Voice, what's it called? Titani? It, no, it's one of the newer, it, it oh, started on you, Netflix. You, and, with uh, John Krasinski? Yes, John Krasinski. I think it's A Quiet Place. A Quiet, quiet place, place, yes. Yeah. So in a Those quiet, zombies. In A Quiet Place, um, it's not zombies, but it's one of the horror films and like you had to be completely silent, right? Yeah. So I think one of the things that fucks up the, um, I believe one of the things that fucks up the protagonist is the fact that things like birds scattering away would cause enough noise to, to get you um, triggered by whatever the bad things are. So I think that's from newer media as opposed to like things like car alarms from traditional zombie movies. Yeah, but at least with the point that I'm making, it it just felt so... It, it it looked like someone placed it there. I think if they as ha- opposed to the cars being in in the street, we can and play, accidentally shooting. One. I'll look for it, but I think if they at least had some like, because like I think ravens or crows are like um they're they're vultures in in a sense where like they eat like decomposing bodies. So at least if they had like some decomposing zombie bodies there as well, it make more can you sense. Look that up. Do crows eat decomposing bodies? I don't know. I know vultures my, do. My search history is gonna be fucking. Okay. <laughs> He's on a list. Um, Resident Evil to slender to fucking crows eating bodies, dude. Crows. But I think it'd make more sense if at least they were picking at like you know I mean, crows eat dead are. animals. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like that's also just not. That's just like I didn't know that. Then just having like random birds chilling. I get what you mean. It seems like um like it looks like someone put it there as a mechanic, mm-hmm. as opposed to like when you do it with the car alarms. As opposed to like implementing it. Like, yeah. As opposed to like the car alarms. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because we're conditioned to know that all these cars are here. I feel like they probably have two versions of every level where it's like they have. The There's normal, probably a different variable on every level. Like, they they and have that a, one specifically. It's the birds. A normal level, and then they have like a crows version yeah, of every sure. level where like they've they've placed the crows in specifically obtrusive ways that like would fuck you up, but like with i don't know if everyone will be this but like with your eye or even anyone who's probably played enough games like you could probably sense that like someone put this here to be annoying not because yeah. it's believable and that that, that, like, that breaks immersion though mm-hmm. is, and no, is the it thing. does for yeah. sure it, it just it just makes the the overall feel a little like i know you're putting it there but i would argue <laughs> that in a game like this i think that game designers can breaking immersion is fine I think if you have set yourself up to be the type of game that can break immersion, that's okay. And like, I bet you no one else notices other than yeah. like other games. And game the thing designers. is, it's it's a corruption card. You are primed to know there's going to be more birds yeah, it's and just it's going to be as a game mechanic. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. This is also just like really like me picking at the stuff that the, I think is the nitty gritty. Yeah. So, like, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is so the way that they do their weapon attachments. And I was talking to you about this when we were like in the firing range. Um, it's just hard to tell which attachment is which based off of like the color coordination because we play oh, Apex a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. obviously, you want to have like the legendary, you know, stuff on your stock. Yeah, I definitely you think that. that'll get patched in. But yeah, no, that's yeah. Definitely but something. it 
like there should be like some kind of color outline to let or me like know a glow. Yeah. Or a glow to let me know so when you find a weapon attachment in the game it's just like a imagine like an ammo box it's a box and you got to go up to it and then once you hover over it with your cursor it'll show you like oh this is a, a epic grade site granted okay i will say this i know there specifically there was a card that highlights copper so maybe yeah. there's a card that highlights specifically that does that we just that, that's a that's it. that's just like that's information that the user needs to know though mm-hmm. right True. in order yeah. to like, i'm just, play I'm, the game just I'm saying like i haven't played it enough so maybe that is a thing like i've we've only i've only played it that one night for those couple yeah, hours same. and you know made that made these deductions from you know playing it on my own but yeah I didn't know you, you you when when you said that I was definitely like damn you're right like I don't know because yeah, Apex does that I don't mm-hmm. know what's legendary I don't know what's hey look at this guy uh oh so Gene, you got to buy a case yeah. Celsius yo come in here bro you can get in here come in here let's come say what's get up get in here we're live come on you're what's taking up. a Celsius you gotta my man. You gotta yeah, come in and say, say hi everybody say what's say up hi. to Gene we got the man weaking himself what plug yourself. <laughs> who am i <laughs> this is a little brother that uh who am i talking about spooky stuff yeah spooky. left for dead stuff. slender we're talking about back for blood right now what's the scariest Fortune. game you've played what's the best i've been looking at a lot of games what i've been looking at a lot of games with ali recently oh he sounds and good. some some games I've been noticing a lot on Steam with a lot of early access stuff is uh, stuff with proximity chat. And proximity. I feel like that's proximity been, chat's one. I feel like that's been kind of like you know group like puzzles that you have to solve with like groups and people to kind of and then like the fact that you can't hear them and then added audio. But for me, my scariest game that I I couldn't even. I literally played like five minutes, which was like the intro, and then once you you were done with the intro. <laughs> Uh, it was Outlast. Outlast. Yeah, we, could, we covered Outlast. Couldn't even play the intro. Well, we didn't really cover it. We just kind of touched on Spoke it. Look around. how like these so guys spooked. looked next to each other. All right, okay. We can't. Even, it's hard for us to even be able to discern the difference. Thanks for the info, Gene. buddy. Shout out Gene. Shout out Gene. Shout out Gene. Hope you had a good shift, man. Hey, my man. My man. You have a good night. Hope your shift was good. All right, so we're talking about. We're we gonna talk about some spicy stuff later. Not so spicy, but I guess. All right. All right, all right, we'll get there. We'll get there. So we're talking about Back for Blood. What was the mechanic we were talking about just now? The swarm, um, the attachments. Um, oh, the attachments having glow. I think yeah, that was pretty much it. We were just. Glow. I got something. I got a bone to pick, and I will say we're going into the nitty gritty. We're just talking about things that we notice. Obviously, I feel like we're kind of picking at the game right now. I would like to have like a, a round of us saying what the game does really well. Um, but since we're bitching about shit right now, uh, <laughs> I bought the game and pre-downloaded it on Steam and. Um, if you have Game Pass, the game comes free on release. Game Pass again. Great Yo, stuff. I will. Yeah. Quick segue. Game Pass services like super that. Resident. Super genius. I think it's great for the industry. Um, but if you have Xbox Game Pass, you could just download it on your computer. Day one. No extra charge. I just bought it on Steam because I buy everything on Steam. And I had a wired connection, one gigabyte download speed. And I, the Steam servers were just... It, streaming I could, too, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I was streaming, but I mean, the streaming wasn't the issue because I tried yeah, reconnecting yeah. even yeah, on Yeah, you sounded fine on Discord when you were talking to us. So 
I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of lame where, I don't know, chat, if or if you guys have ever experienced it, where you have a game, obviously, that amasses a certain amount of clout, a certain amount of hype. It's a multiplayer game. You're going to need servers for it. And I feel like every fucking time any one of these games comes out, it's always um, they the company or whoever, they go conservative on the amount of server space they need the game comes out the first week or two weeks is just fucking bullshit and the servers are over. i mean new world just came out and the same shit it's bullshit the servers are crowded wait times are super long and stability is as rampant and it's just so annoying because i don't know i get it you want to save money you're going to cut corners or i is it cutting corners i don't know but it was just really frustrating because i just spent 60 dollars on this game and day one i just want to play with my friends and the <laughs> we literally like yo just get on game pass you spend a dollar and then download it and, and the three of the them bus. so him, <laughs> yeah we were all playing <laughs> him him and then his brother derek who we've mentioned all headed on game pass and they were fucking fine they were playing with each other i hop on and i just spent 60 bucks on steam and like i could could not literally be in it lobby. Would, it would for literally be Robbie C connected. Robbie C disconnected. That's yep. bullshit. And again, <laughs> it's just fair. And I also am, you know, we don't have to talk about New World, but I'm also playing New World. And the fact that like people have to go on dead servers because again, companies yeah. go conservative on server space. And then I heard that was pretty bad right now. It, dude, it's horrible. People like on like the main servers, people have to wait like hours, hours to get Even in. still? Yeah, um, I think like it's still I think it's out? still bad. Uh, no, so what they did was they disabled making new characters on all the I servers that were. Yeah. I don't the, even think WoW has done that before. Dude, that's so fucked like, up because like, who wants to play in a dead server? Of course, you want to play where right, the that. most me, people are playing. Maybe WoW has done that before, but it, yeah. well, I mean, I I I've only played World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft on and on, but I'm pretty sure they have similar issues on the uh, release dates of their X packs. And I remember oh, hearing yeah. about Classic specifically when oh, Classic yeah. first launched. It was I mean, horrible. You have to understand, there's horrible. millions, 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 millions of people trying to log in all the same day at the same time. But no, you're you're absolutely right. No, I but would I would be annoyed too. I feel like it's so simple because on our end as a consumer, it's like you understand your Blizzard. It's World of Warcraft. It's one of the most prolific MMOs of all time and you put out this service and it's not even like it's a little bad right it's literally like you <laughs> people would wake up go to work they would queue their shit yeah. and by the time they got back to work they would still have to wait an hour just to get in the fucking game I did that for for either Legion or BFA Battle for Azeroth where I like remoted in one time what from the fuck? wait there was a 2000 player cap for New World for, per server yeah that's Maybe. what that's what uh, McCray is saying I mean, that true? it's bigger. Look that up because that's what RuneScape is. And I, that is like, I know he's played it a lot. So that's like an old, old. That's what they were doing in 2002, 2001 when that game came out. Do you have like, chat on your phone? I'm yeah. Yeah. I just have it right here. God damn, I'm going to do that, too. Yeah. Just so that I have it. But mm -hmm. um, since since we were, were kind of having like a smidge bit of a segue, make sure you follow the podcast. Make yeah. Sure you like just gonna like do it, time too. Check. We have yeah. 40 minutes left on the uh, card here. So what card? The SD card. Oh, oh my God. How how many hours do we? Is it two hours? We've been at for an hour and twenty eight minutes right now. Okay, cool. Wow, really? It doesn't feel like it. Well, a lot of the first fifteen minutes or so was just. But we sound fucking good, and it looks fucking. We good. sound great. Anyway, um, yeah, I just think it's kind of lame, and uh, I mean, I get it. Amazon Game Studios, it's for what it is. I think at this point, I think it's great that Amazon is trying to dip into the game. So is space. Amazon do, like? Do they actually have a studio that made it, or are they just no? Publish? They're, they're just the publisher. It, yeah. Okay. 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 So they're the money behind it, but whatever. I think more people in games, more jobs, more availability, more breadth of what's available. I'm for that. But again, you you push an MMO, it gains traction. I'm sh this is a multi 
billion dollar company, I'm sure they have information on how much clout and what the projected amount of um, hype and day one is going to be about these things. And then they always go conservative. And it's so frustrating because it really hinders the experience when you want to play with your friends and like even Gene. So I bought the game because Gene's playing it and Gene has a friend that he's playing with, but he can't even play with that friend because we have to wait for some sort of, they're going to give everyone a server transfer um, on the house because of how fucked up everything is right now. I only I heard that that was only from specific servers to specific servers, though. Well, if that's the case, that's even more fucked up. I think, yeah, I think that was the whole thing. Yeah, that's rough. No, New World was a game that Amazon created. So this oh, is developed by Amazon yeah, Games this is Orange a- County, Amazon Game Studios, and published by Amazon Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that my whole thing leading into this was that back to back for blood on <laughs> Steam. If you're gonna buy back, bone to pick. If you're gonna buy back for blood. Do it through Game Pass. The server was completely fine. Uh, do it, not. It might be because we were like doing two different platforms too. Like maybe if we all got it on Steam, we wouldn't have had that issue. Maybe it was just because. No, I was reading reviews no, on the Steam release as well, and and people and people were experiencing uh, really intense server instability. Oh, okay, never mind then. So don't buy it on Steam. Get it on Game Pass if you're gonna try it out. Can you could literally refund? you PC Game Pass ten dollars a month. You get a sixty dollar game right off the cuff if you if you're gonna play it at least for thirty Halo. days. Forza Horizon, Halo. You get a bunch of stuff. Anyway, There's a lot of games that are coming day one of the Game Pass. It's yeah, it's gonna awesome. be, it is, it is going to be nice. It it's an be open nice. server character transfer. Just can't transfer to. Oh, you can't transfer like um, NA to EU, but like within your uh, own region, sense. you could transfer servers. Yeah, yeah. So back to back for Blood. Mm-hmm. I think so. Let's talk about some of the things that I think it does well. Yeah. Um, I if you had to choose one thing. Yes. I, so obviously, I'm hyped for it, and I think the hype kind of stands personally. So far, what I, I think the controls feel really well. I'm doing mouse and keyboard, which um, I don't usually do for shooters, but I, I just think there's there's a lot of things that I like about the game. I'm, I'm not sure about... So I don't care about the story. I'll just be like straight up. I don't really care about the story, but I feel like so far, aside from like some obvious game design decisions, like environmental storytelling decisions or like the crow things that I already brought up, I think that's kind of lame, but... I think the game does a really good job of giving you different tasks to do because at the end of the day, you're just shooting zombies. That's all it is. And you could, you could just make the entire game about you're just mowing down zombies. And that's fun, but you know, there's times where it's like, hey, got to go rescue these people inside the liquor store. And it's like, oh, there's sleepers in here. And it's like, you guys don't know what the sleeper is, but it's pretty much just like a big zombie that's in the wall and it kind of jumps at you um, if you like cross paths with it. So that's fun. It's just they do a really good job of shaking up the gameplay. I think that each weapon does have its own use. I feel like Sniper has been the least useful for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, at first, I didn't understand it's why. It's useless once the horde comes. You're screwed. That is true. My assumption is that obviously snipers would have the highest bullet damage per clip and snipers will be excellent at taking out high priority targets it could be that yeah, yeah. maybe on later in the game but like definitely not early game yeah early but there's game. also a reason why there's four different ammo types and there's four different characters ideally you want to have someone as like the designated marksman mm-hmm. and someone as like the designated close quarter combat um like a character like holly takes 15% damage reduction when you're playing her so it makes sense that she would be the person with a shotgun and up front mm-hmm. right so I think they did a really good job of incorporating different systems. Like you mentioned earlier, I think the card system is really fun. I think the corruption system is really fun. Each time we do a playthrough, it's going to be completely different than the last one we did. Really easy stuff to implement. Um, I think the variety of the weapons that you have is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Making the decks, I think there's a lot of creativity there. Is it better to just pick five cards since you're always driving five cards, or is it better to have a deck of 15? Maybe there's a lot of mix and mashing that you can do. Um, there's also still like a really early on game, so I don't even know if like the meta game is really developed. Well, you're not yet. always drawing cards. If you if you have like the the starter deck has five cards in it that it gives you at the very beginning of the game, and once you draw those cards, you don't just keep drawing those cards. Correct. You've the only thing you get past, once you've driven like the five unique cards, you just get the foo-foo ones, like the ammo up, HP one, more money. Those are the basic ones you get allotted. So you want to have 15, ideally. Okay, okay. So I think you can even have, up, I think, the 30, right? I, I, thought it was, I think it's a, t- a top of 15. I think it's top of 15, too. I don't, I don't know, though. I don't have more than 15 cards. It's some still early game. They also included a season model, like a season pass, which is pretty much like a staple for any of these oh, games. There's a season pass? Yeah, there is. Oh, cool. So that, that's the supply points that you get. Oh, you that's spend, the season pass? And then you go over to, like, in, in the hub, the camp hub, there's a little place that you can go to and you can complete a chain for new cards. So mm-hmm. one of them that I completed was, I think, for, it was like Fortification or Fortify or something, and it had, like, a lot of really good defensive cards. Oh, I chose the same one, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you can use your supply points at the end to buy new cards and stuff. So oh. there's a lot of little things I thought that, that was just the, the progression. Gameplay. I didn't know yeah, that was Yeah, like I thought that was pass. just basic They, they have a season pass somewhere in there. Or maybe I'm just talking out my ass. I'm not sure. <laughs> But so overall, I think the game is fun. I do have one particular gripe that I think is kind of silly. You can't change your character once you start an act, which. Yeah, you, you should you be s- able to change it while you're still in spawn, I think. Because I have my character selected in the camp and I wanted to play Doc. But because I started the campaign as Holly, I guess I had to complete it that way, which is weird because you can't unlock the characters until you complete the first act, like the very first mission subset or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much just like if you want to do a new character hey, redo the shit that you just did. And I was like, so maybe let me change character. For, for the, from our understanding, for the entirety of a campaign, which from what it looks like has like 30 or 30 plus different levels, once at the beginning you set a deck and a character, you're locked into that specific playthrough with your friends with that deck and character. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah. No, we're not a fan of that. So if you had to choose cool the one thing, if you had to choose the one thing, what would you say? The one thing what? I don't know. I guess you said you wanted to choose one thing that was good and one thing that was bad for the game. I, I mean, I'll just keep it simple. It's a great game to play with your boys or like a, have like a game night or something. Or girls. Or girls. Hey, doesn't matter. Um, maybe you could even be your girl and you're with your car. Who knows? You know, that's <laughs> fine too. But I think overall, it does a really good job of capturing the essence of what Left 4 Dead was and giving a modern take on it. Because that's those exactly games was, was it was just shoot zombies and there's some cool little mechanics that you can do. But now, each character had there's a reason for picking a character there's a reason for choosing these cards there's some different mechanics that you can uncover with the corruption stuff um, it feels no familiar yet like yeah it's just taking more what involved worked. yeah this is a great example of what a remaster slash remake should be iteration good example this is of a great iteration. A way to do iteration i think that they understood what they had and they didn't take away from it at all like they they understood what made left for dead so good mm-hmm. they kept that that base thing is still there, but now let's add some stuff around it to make it even better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what can we add to uh, improve on Left 4 Dead? Well, there wasn't a lot of emphasis on what character you picked. It's pretty much just uh, an aesthetic thing. Mm-hmm. It's a different skin. But now it's like, you have some things to consider. Like, do you want to run Doc with Mom? And Oh, um, that's true, actually. McCray mentioned something in here that I want to talk about. Did you guys know about the DLC situation? Um, no, fill us in. Let's, what is it? So I don't know if you know previously, but for Left 4 Dead, all the new acts that would come out, the DLC would come out, was I'm pretty sure they were free. Mm-hmm. Um, but now 
they're paying for each of the future campaigns that come out and they're all going to be separate dlc for like so like each of the new acts that are going to be coming out i think that's fine Uh, okay so what exactly would it is it just new levels or is it like new levels paired with new characters paired with new cards because if that's the case i don't mind paying like 10 15 bucks for something like that i think that's my thing too like if it's if it's an expansion worth or if it's just like new levels like if it's just new levels i'm gonna be like that's pretty lame dude i've spent 20 dollars on a league of legends skin have fair, you fair fair have you done that vega yes i, I have okay <laughs> and I'm so, ashamed of it. okay so if there's like a five dollar charge for like a new map you're really gonna have a gripe about it no not necessarily but i mean like it to me it's, okay i don't buy into that i don't here's, here's, here's my issue my issue is whenever you announce nowadays whenever people announce a game the game won't even come out and they won't even have a release date but then they'll be like but dlc is coming yes and you're like that what? means there's new support coming because otherwise so you can either wait if you want that DLC, you're going to have to wait the game to release like an extra three months. I'm okay with that. Release a, f- I mean, re- okay. Well then they announced another release, release, release a full product. Like t- to me, like this is, a- tell me how, how is this not a full product? I'm not saying this is, I'm saying in the, in the instance that you asked about the situation yeah. and there's, there's definitely situations many a times where they've been like, Oh, new game coming out and they won't release really much information about it, but then they'll be like, Oh, it's going to have paid DLC or just DLC in the future. And now, okay. Yes. It's like, great. That game is going to have continued support. I can continue to complete, keep playing the game if I enjoy it. Great. But to me, like, it just, I see, I feel like there's a, a tonal shift from, like, the consumer from, like, to what the actual publisher and developer is when they're, like, just giving you this information about all this extra stuff that's going to come out for the game. And they can't even give you the basic information about the game. Like, I don't know what the game is about. I don't know what the gameplay really is, but I do know that there's going to be new DLC halfway so through. So I, I feel like, like the distance that comes from this is the fact that before and our our generation experienced the shift here because DLC is very prevalent. Its prevalence came about in our lifetime in the market. So you had games that were designed before with the entire game in mind. DLC right. was not an and option. And then the DLC was you an added thing, it, yeah. And if... Before, it would be like a, a 80, 60, 60 hour, 80 hour, 100 plus hour campaign. And that's what you got for $60. And now it seems that there are experiences that come out with DLC in mind. So there's a line that on release is like, I'm paying $60, right? And what does it mean to pay $60 for a game? And am I happy with my purchase or was things that should have been included on launch cut specifically in order to milk it out and stretch it out. And I mean, we've only really played the game once, so I can't give an honest take on like whether or not this game specifically kind of, you know, fucks you over. But I mean, I had fun and it's $60. If I got to pay an extra 15, $20 for DLC and I would have to see the structure of the first pack in order to say. I think that's my biggest thing. Yeah. Too. It's like, it's a different story if you have. Because, like, like, DLC is great if it's worth it. Like, right. there's, there's DLC out there, like, with, with COD zombies. You know, yeah. you, you pay 15, 20 bucks and it's like one to two well, great to fair, new, new zombies maps, the, the new weapons, new skins. Maps, okay, well, back in the day, like when Black Ops no, and right, Black right. Ops 2 were prevalent, like, you were paying money for a map that was fucking massive. New Even skins then, though, you weren't everything. just paying for just that zombies map. No, too. yeah, it came with. Multiplayer new multiplayer maps, maps yeah. new mm-hmm. guns new skins so i i have a particular gripe because i'm on the opposite side of this argument personally so i, I was just swooping around over there he's fine okay. we're, we're, we're gonna ring up robert's pup in just a second um but i actually am on the opposite side of this i i personally think that the way that gamers are today they're kind of prima donnas and they're just like little babies when it comes to this personally 
just because I know the amount of work that it takes to do these types of things. And everyone wants free stuff. Well, they want it now. Everyone wants free Everybody stuff. Everybody wants, wants the free now. stuff. They want that. it now. It's like, well, why aren't you putting in the game now? Well, it's because we have to push our development stuff by like four weeks. And, uh, you know, there's more shit that we have to do to the servers to make sure there's a server load. There's too many factors that the audience does not know about and they don't understand. Right. So that's why, like, I always think it's stupid that people get upset that, like, well, why isn't this free? That's just entitlement to me. I, I think that's like the stupidest fucking thing. And, you know, you'll go to a dinner and spend. How much, how much do you spend on a dinner for two? Dinner for two? I you're, mean, you're taking you're taking your girl out to dinner. How much are you spending? I'm going to spend if I'm paying for both of us, it's going to be at least I don't know. This is kind of a flex. I feel <laughs> flex away, please. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I would want for just if it was just the two of us grabbing food, I, it would be like 60 bucks. If it's like a date, maybe like 80 bucks plus. OK. And how long does that usually last? Two hours. OK, so you're spending $80 for two hours of entertainment. Yeah. OK, so my argument is always going to be the 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 per dollar cost per hour of entertainment. You know, like, like take a movie. Like, I don't know how much a movie ticket is right now, but let's 10, just say it's 10 12 bucks. bucks, yeah. 12 bucks for two hours. Okay, well, you're paying 60 bucks for a game like Apex that's completely free, and you can play it as much as you want, but it's only, cos- the only stuff that you have to pay for is cosmetic. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I always see the community on Apex being like, fuck the devs, this is just like a cash grab, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, every aspect of the gameplay is free. Yeah. You do not need to pay for anything. Mm-hmm. And they just get so up in arms about like. Okay, but that's a little bit different than what we're talking about with, with paid DLC being, if we don't know if it's going to be actual like, just support or if it was content that was actually cut. Like, that's just saying. Like, it's not content that's cut. Can you, can you confidently say that for 100%. every game that's come out? For every that, single game, because no. Because I seem to remember specifically on, I know the biggest egregious. We're getting heated. I know the biggest <laughs> egregious thing was um, there was a Street Fighter game that came out not too long ago. Not too long ago. Um, back in the day, maybe like late 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, early uh, 2010s. Um, and there was it was it was data mined on the disc that there was DLC that was on the disc on day one, mm-hmm. but it was withheld it, withheld because they wanted to charge for it later. And this is when mm-hmm. the whole big DLC like debacle started to really become, and you know, like the whole pay DLC thing. And like, I get it again. If it's if it's a game that I enjoy and it's with expansions, you know, if it's World of Warcraft or you know Destiny or whatever game, I think it's fine. Right, I think it's fine too. But my gripe is like, it's exactly that. It's like if you are you sure it's like you're not just you know okay. Think of it from a business perspective. Then let's say that you have a game coming out Mm -hmm. and you can make an extra ten million off of it if you cut this thing and sell it later, or you can make five million right now. Which one are you going to pick? I mean, I'm going to pick the money-wise. Yeah, yeah. Literally every single person that would be put in that situation is going to pick the cut it at the beginning. But so, do, is it ever going to be that easy of a situation, though, where it's just like... I'll play devil's advocate this? here. I think that there's just a nuanced... There's a very... There's a fine line. There's a gray area, a silver lining, whatever you want to call it, of... I agree. We are experiencing what it's like... To, if you have a game and you love it, right? Back in the day, if you had a game that you loved and you wanted more of it, not possible. That's mm-hmm. it. Whatever you get, that's what you got. All mm-hmm. right. Now we experience where if you have a game and you really like it and it has continued support, it's games as a service, you can experience 
milking a game or playing a game over the course of multiple years and that game evolving and being fresh and being fun. You don't need Back for Blood 2 anymore. You do not need Back for Blood 2. Back for Blood, I don't know what the future is. That's the title. That's the title. Back for Blood can be relevant for the next four or five years for all we know, even longer than that. And that's really cool. But I think that uh, I can't say as specifically whether or not Back for Blood is doing this. I'd have to play more of the game, but studios do get away with putting out products that feel uh, shallow and not fleshed out in hopes of putting like the final product or the full product coming out later. And in situations where that's the case, I think that's fucked up. I don't agree with that. We all understand what it's like to play a game that should be launched the way it is. And it's not necessarily about the amount of content. If you could burn through the content in 20, 40 hours, whatever, that's fine. Games that come out for 60 bucks that are buggy, that should have been tested more, that have, uh, that feel rushed. We've all been there. We've all spent $60 for things like this. And then that game has dlc or like a pat like anthem for example cyberpunk is probably a better example cyberpunk is a better example so much hype so much clout day one people spend people 60 bucks or they spend 80 dollars for the season pass version or like 100 120 dollars for the collector's edition with whatever the fuck that brought and day one yeah bullshit because anthem was it was the game was fine it was just the systems that were flawed but with cyberpunk specifically it was the game was just rushed and a lot of the developers were saying, hey, we still need time with it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, we got to get this shit out. So Does every game need a season pass? No, I think a season pass is just a really great way to iterate on uh, content drops. And like, okay, you're designing for a content drop that's going to make the player base last anywhere from two weeks to, what is Apex, two months? Three months? Uh, three months. Okay, two weeks to three months, let's say. And you have a season pass that encourages progression within that content cycle so that people keep up with it. And you're rewarding the player for keeping up with that specific cycle, whether or not they I, hop no, in. No, I understand the, 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 the reasoning, like philosophy, like philosophically. Does every behind. game need it? No, I think it's really easy. It's I wouldn't say it's easy to implement, but it's just a, a very, it's a meta way to implement people progressing through the content you just spent a fuck ton of money to put out this is also a lot like the the whole music industry changing like when napster happened this is kind of like dating but you know tldr back in the 90s you know you had your physical media that was a big thing and then then all of a sudden napster came around at the turn of the millennium and you could just download a song for free because it was file sharing and that was the whole big thing that's what's up i don't know if you knew but like metallica ended up suing them and that was a huge thing but Ever since after that, people were entitled, like you said. Like, why do I have to pay for new music when I could just no, download? I just it? think gamers are way too entitled. When I could just download it, and I mean, nowadays you have like, I mean, it's kind of funny how we've evolved now. So we have, have stuff like Spotify we have someone. In, so McRae in chat did bring up a good has. point where, um, final point, and then I want to pivot back to Left for Dead and like our opinions. But we only have like twenty minutes left. Okay, so Destiny Two came out, and people had played the first mm-hmm. one, had expectations for it. On launch, it felt super shallow, and then you had DLC packs that essentially felt like it had put it up to the fidelity of the original game. The game, so the first DLC that came out for Destiny to the first year of Vanilla Year was Curse of Osiris, and it damn near nearly killed the game because of. I think I remember hearing about this. It was pretty pretty poor. Um, it almost it almost really killed the game franchise. And then the one after that came out. I think it was Warmind or something like that. It was a little bit better. It wasn't until Warmind the first was good. That's when I started playing the it game. It wasn't until the first expansion, which was Forsaken, that really saved the game. But yeah, it was that was a good. Wasn't example. there like yeah. something shady that uh, Destiny Two was doing with um, 
shit. It was something with XP, I think. Bro, this is this is a whole episode right here. Oh, I think it was um after it was a certain number of like levels you could get a week, and then they like nerfed it after that or something. I'd have to remember. I know what you're talking about, but I I just remember there's always like a lot of controversy around that game. We'll, we'll put a pin in this. We'll put a pin yeah, in we'll this. Pin Maybe in we'll it. do a, a, a an episode on Destiny Two. Just free to play. Yes. Are gamers entitled? Vega, yes. your turn. What's one thing that left from your perspective that Back for Blood has done really well, and maybe one thing that you would like to see change in the future? Um. Okay. So one thing I think they did really well is Ryan kind of touched on it was really just taking something that felt familiar yet different. So like I I kept saying this when we were playing. Kept saying it. I was like, man, this game reminds me just like fucking Left 4 Dead. Like just the way the whole game was. Uh, like the way the whole game felt. Just like the little quips between the characters. Like and they were talking, shooting um, fish in a barrel. You know. Just, oh my god. Okay, that's another guy, but <laughs> um. The whole like you know horde thing like you know like it it really it literally just felt it did feel like I was playing a sequel to Left 4 Dead. Um, and then you have all the systems on top of it. You know you could do things like add attachments to your guns. If you go to certain places, you know in the level there might be better weapons and things for you to get there. At the beginning of every level, you can all buy stuff based on credits that you got like throughout the level. Um, you could talk with your teammates. So like, hey, you know we're probably gonna need a defibrillator. Can anybody grab this? You can buy item slots for the entire team i think there's a lot of things that they do good my main gripe with it so far um i don't know i haven't played it enough to like really figure out like if there's something that really 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 bothered me but i think it's a lot of small things that you like you mentioned the the outline for like the attachments and stuff yeah that's like that's an easy thing to implement honestly I think, yeah i think a lot of the things that i would mainly have gripes with like quality things. of life stuff yes 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 the game feels obviously very bare for what it was because I mean, they had the beta test that was a couple a couple weeks ago, but beta tests are never really beta tests anymore. They're more just demo, glorified demos, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd have to play it more. Um, We're gonna play it more. Yeah, for we sure. definitely are gonna play mm-hmm. it more. I mean, I've only played it for what a couple hours. We, like we played it for hours. like three hours the other night, I think. Um, we were playing for like five, six. We we were up to like two in the morning playing. Bro. Yeah, I, I definitely. Would yeah, play then we played Apex never. after. But, That's what's um, up. Oh, real gamer hours over yeah, here. Yeah, real gamer hours. Anyway, okay, right. Robert. Um, so as someone who didn't play Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, and as going into this with only knowing how hype it was, I feel like the game, it's got a very well-balanced mix of multiple systems. I think that if you you were to pitch this, if you were to pitch the type, like including roguelike elements in a looter, in a looter shooter, zombie level based game with like specific classes and characters you could play, like... That is just such, uh, I feel like a signpost of where we are right now because I love that. Like, as someone who played a lot of roguelikes to see and loves them, to see roguelike elements being implemented in genres that had never had them before is super cool, very refreshing. Um, And again, it makes it, I think it's smart, right? Because when you play roguelikes and the fact that you have, when you play a level in Left 4 Dead, you play that level, it's going to be the same level every single time. And the replayability of that is not super high unless you're a really big fan of the game. Whereas now with the class cards and the deck building system with different characters you can play of that have different abilities and the passives and the passives and the fact that there are corruption cards, which add difficulty modifiers of different types um, based on the difficulty level you're playing at. 
you essentially have infinite replay value. And I really appreciate it when games are are, uh, uh, designed with replayability in mind, because when you like something, obviously you want to keep playing it, right? If you played Apex and you got, you played like 10 games and like, that was essentially it. Like, why would you want to keep playing? Um, So I really appreciate it that, the systems chosen and implemented the way they were mean that, yeah, it really does feel like um, you could play this game a lot and not get tired of it because the way it's designed, the difficulty level scale. So as you get better at the game, you just bump up the difficulty and the difficulty will have more corruption cards, allow you to use maybe bigger decks, um, or maybe you would want to think about specific team compositions at that point. Um, so I think that, I mean, at this, we're only at the beginning. So I'm just thinking off what the future looks like right now but i think that's great my gripe um honestly i already kind of put it out the server instability thing and the fact that uh a lot of companies including this one seem to go really conservative with servers uh is really annoying and also um playing the game it seems like there are certain animations that are really kind of clunky i feel like whenever when you have that many assets on screen though at once there's always going to be like some level of performance that you have to kind of take a hit on. Uh, I, that's fair. Like when one of the exploder fat zombies explodes and you kind of have that like, whoa, emo- like uh, that. That's a classic Left 4 Dead thing. Oh, is know? that a Left 4 Dead it, thing? If you if you play the original ones, it, it's similar to um, some of the deaths in Halo where like the guy is just like falling mm. like this. Oh, hurry. And they've kept that in like all the Halos. That was just like. Like the Willem scream. Yeah, like the Willem scream. It's just it's just like a. A. A thing that is just synonymous with the title, so I, I get why they have that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, see, as someone who didn't play the first two games, that it seems when I kind saw of, that, I was like, "Holy shit!" It's just like the original one. See, that's that's crazy. It kind of highlights the fact that like people who play the originals within the context of that knowledge, you appreciate that. But for me, it seems kind of out of yeah, place. Yeah, it looks bad. Yeah, because it, it does it, look bad. Technically, it's something that was designed with the limitations of an Xbox 360 in mind. It's kind of like a wink to like the people that originally played. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're still here. Vega. Oh man, that's a party foul <laughs> and a half. Anyway, good thing it's empty. Phone. Okay, Vega, you got some final thoughts? Oh yeah, uh, the game. Something that I just remembered because McCray reminded me in chat. Um, it's actually pretty, um, pretty rough on solo players. So first of all, the game is always online. So even if you wanted to play solo, you have to be online. That kind of sucks. But so you have to play with randos. Say again. You have to play with random people. No, you just even if you wanted to play the game on your own, single player. No, no. But you need an internet just, connection. You need an internet connection. Um, I don't really understand why. In Who doesn't have an internet connection these days? Why do you need one if you just wanted to yeah, play alone? Yeah, no, that. I if don't I'm know. going somewhere and I just wanted to play alone, I mm-hmm. have to be connected to the internet just to play this That's game. That's kind of annoying. But whatever. I disagree. Um, but also, the game actually punishes you for playing solo. So you purposely get... I, and they said they were going to address this, and I don't know when, they were go- when they're going to address this. I think this was just one of those, like, yeah, we'll look into it type things. But you, like, purposely get, like, less experience. Like, you... Uh, um, the rewards that you get is like purposely like just extremely diminished. It's just it's it, like the game obviously pushes you to play with other people, but it 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 if you wanted to play solo, it you know stops you kind of stops you from you playing like solo in a really predatory way. Gotcha. Predatory, I think, is a ridiculous term to use. What would be a better term then? Not predatory. I don't think it even punishes you. It's just if have you, you wanna, seen? Have you played the game by yourself? I played a little bit by myself um, the other day, and there's like there's like a mark, a big marquee that shows like if you play solo, it's like all the shit that is going to work against you if you're playing solo. And I was like, it's like why? Like because I want to play a game solo, like I have to like purposely take a hit on well, all these different things. Is there anything wrong with having a game designed specifically for multiplayer experiences? 
No, but why have a solo mode at all then if you're just going to do that? I don't, know. I don't know. I guess this is these are the nuances that we're working out at this stage in the industry. You know, I mean, you can still play it, right? Yeah, you can still play it if you wanted, and it could it could work. And what you just run it run it with bots? It's like you and three bots. Yes. Oh, heard. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I, I get, if I get less XP, I don't think that's a big oh, deal. How much time? What does that mean? Has limited space remaining. Means we need to hurry up. All right, oh. wrap things up. Okay. So, back for blood. What's the hype? Are we hype for back the blood? Back for blood. <laughs> back the blood. <laughs> Are we hype for back? Back. Is uh, the back hype for pass for me? Yes. Hundred percent. Definitely high pass for me right now. Vega. Oh yeah. There you go. Heard. Yeah. So we'll we'll go ahead and wrap things up. I can't believe we got to do a stream. Yes. This was sure. really exciting. I, I think the people. quality was like really fucking good. Shout out McRae, man. Thanks for fucking. I think we had like a peak of like seven people in chat for yeah. our first one. There we go. We're going to post the shit on uh, YouTube, Spotify. We'll get all that stuff wrapped up. Yeah. We post the VODs and all that stuff in YouTube. Now we'll have them on Twitch as well. We have social media that we're. Ooh, we should plug all those right now. So yeah. we have Instagram, Twitter. Um, what's the hype pod? We yeah. Have, what's the hype pod? Yeah. Or what's the hype podcast? I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't remember. Either one of those. If, if you see the like the, the cute yellow lettering, the W2EH, that's us. You'll, you'll Yeah. Know. But so super, super great episode, I think, um, especially with like, it only took us like an additional 15 minutes to get things set up. And I think overall the quality is way better. Yeah, for sure. I'm really happy. Like the whole having the monitor, like it, it wasn't as like obstructive as I thought it was going to be. Um, the new microphone, the thingy right here. I don't know. what What is this called? input output thingy it's like a mixer roadcaster roadcaster yeah, road basically an all-in-one anyway uh, yeah a lot of um a lot of new things that we've implemented but we're really happy with where things are right now uh, we're tr gonna try and hit a stride ultimate like i don't know about you guys but i feel like we agreed that like doing this once a week i feel like we could totally do this once a week yeah so thanks again everyone for joining us um all right okay well, hold on. well we got limited space i want to make sure oh, that okay all right, we have 15 all right. okay oh, 15 15 minutes. Well, shit! I saw the big, I saw the big like caution sign. I was like, uh oh, I we gotta wrap this. Considering we've been going for two hours now. Anyway, expect more content. All yeah, that to say, expect way more content. We're gonna be busting these out, and uh, yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, whether it's in chat, through our socials, follow if you know channel. us personally, follow us. Yeah, yeah we're on we're on Anchor FM. That that that's the one that has all of our mm -hmm. like yes. audio stuff for podcasts. Spotify. Um, I think we're gonna try and start gonna get on more. YouTube. Also, mm -hmm. we're just gonna be blasting this shit as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, but we're on. Yeah, we're on spot again. We mentioned at the beginning we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I know Stitcher. it's really obnoxious, but it really does mean a lot when you guys, if you guys um, like the content, you support us. You check enjoy it out. What's what you're the doing. Podcast on all of them. Yes, you could just go on. You can literally go on Spotify on your phone. Type give us a like. Podcast. Give us a follow uh, on socials. All that. And again, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Until sure. next time. So next episode is also gonna be like a spooky episode as well, but. I don't know. Stay tuned. Yeah, We're good. Stay tuned. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good night.